Today's episode is brought to you by Reef Builders, winner of Best of Howls, five years running. Reef Builders is a Tempe, Arizona-based, full-service design-build construction company. What's a design-build company? It means you deal with one company for everything. Reef Builders is able to take your vision and bring it to life by drawing your plans, producing photorealistic, high-resolution 3D renderings of your kitchen, baths, and more, helping you design and pick your finishes, and finally, executing that vision. With their years of building experience and a superior client experience, using tools such as online project management software through their client portal that allows you to see your renovation in real time. Whether you're in town, on vacation, or living in another state, you have access to job progress photos, your build schedule, financials, and much more anywhere in the world. So if you're looking for a complete bath or kitchen renovation, a complete home renovation, a custom home designed and built, or a boutique commercial project built out, Reef Builders can deliver it. Reef Builders. Your vision, their experience delivered. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Make the Difference Podcast. Today, I have one of my longtime friends. Uh, we met in uh, basic training, but even before basic training, we met uh, actually at the MEP station where we signed all of our paperwork, and we got on a plane to fly to um, South Carolina, right? South Carolina. Uh, yeah. Fort Jackson. Columbia, yeah. Columbia South Carolina. Yeah, so that's where, that's where we met. Uh, Kirk Stowers. Kirk is a... Uh, I'd like to call him a renaissance man. He <laughs> is a uh, owner of a large consulta- environmental consulting firm in Las Vegas, uh, is on the board of directors for a theater company in Las Vegas as well, so has his hands in quite a few things. So today we're going to listen to his story and see what we can learn from it. So, Kirk? Does, uh, does renaissance man in this context mean uh, someone who's done a lot of weird Unrelated stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah pretty that's much. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be nice, not call you a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's got kind of a freaky background. Yeah, he's that done guy, a lot of strange stuff. Kind of a weird dude. But yeah, yeah, kind of a weird dude. But we yeah. call that Renaissance yeah, man. People don't like that. <laughs> so, so our context usually you just kind of talk about uh, start from a young young age and what shaped you and what brought you through and all that stuff in between. All right. Well, I was. Uh, I like to call myself a, a native person of Las Vegas, but the reality is I was born in DeKalb, Illinois. My folks moved to Vegas when I was three years old because my father had had a pretty severe rheumatoid arthritis from his 20s, and his doctor told him he should move to a hot climate. So we moved to Las Vegas when I was a, a real little kid. Um, Believe it or not, we uh, we we uh, this is a story that, that has become legend in my family. <laughs> we uh, we stopped off at the Green Lantern uh, Bordello uh, in northern Nevada when my parents were driving from Illinois, <clears throat> which meant that uh, they had a little cafe um, at the at the Bordello. For those of you, I guess we don't have to. We can we can curse on this podcast. Fuck right? yes, we yeah, can. Okay, That's good. All we That's do a, is a uh, it's yeah. a it's a it's a whorehouse is what it is. Oh yeah, I'm like Bordello. Can you? <laughs> yeah, I tried to church it up for you because yeah. I'm a Renaissance yeah. man. Yeah, you don't you don't have to church anything up here. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and that's what they call it in Nevada. That's not a that's not a derogatory term. Gotcha. Um, but they had a little cafe, and so my folks, my mom and my dad, my Midwestern mom and dad, drove their three year old son into the you know 
stopped at the cafe, had a little lunch that day, oh, yeah, uh, not knowing, having no idea that they that they had stopped at at, at a uh, a business of ill repute in, yeah. in northern Nevada. Are you just a manager who's touching your food? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, clearly I don't remember it. Yeah. But, uh, nor nor would you want to. No, but then uh, but they had a little cafe off to the side, and there, there was no indication that you know my dad wasn't. Or my mom didn't know what any of that was. Yeah, so, obviously. So then they and then they drove back to, down to Vegas, right? And my my dad tells about how he was at work and he was talking to his new co-workers. Oh, we went to this great cafe at the Green Lantern up outside of Ely, and and they're like, oh, Mike, the new guy, he's so funny, and he's like, no, what what's funny? And, yeah. And they told him he's like, oh, hey man, that's you know, that's a whorehouse. That's a whorehouse. <laughs> he's like, what? Yeah. So so my the start of my of my. Uh, you know, time is an Nevadan. Man, I went into my first uh, proper my, proper start. Yeah, proper start at three years old, and yeah. really, where, where can you go from there? Yeah, I mean, all you need to do is maybe pull a couple of handles on some slot machines, and yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, then good. you're a native. Yeah, you're a native. You're good. You're yeah, good. You're good to go. Yeah. yeah I, so now that we've established my Las Vegas bona fides, um, so my dad took a job at UNLV, and he worked there for about twenty five years until he passed away in 1997. Professor. Or? Uh, he, you know, he did some professoring stuff, but he's part of a department that doesn't even have any context anymore. He was he was uh, in charge of a it was like audiovisual services. This oh. is pre computer yeah. dates, so you know there, uh, it's not even a it's not even a thing anymore. That's not that's not even in our in our world in our context. The stuff that he did because you know you know radio and and yeah. setting up buildings for audiovisual stuff. But nowadays it's just a whole new world. He'd be he'd be really surprised by technology today. I think. Yeah, I was trying to think like what 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 that would even be called now at a university. Well, they eventually called it telemedia services, yeah, um, and they you know they obviously they had computers uh, in the nineties, but it was not it was not the thing it is now. Yeah, no way. So he taught there. My mother was an English teacher. Uh, I had her when I was a junior in high school town, which is. You know, you really want your mom for an English teacher. What high school? Well, possible. I went to Chaparral High School. In Las Vegas. In Las Vegas, Chaparral Cowboys. Oh, um, makes, this is all making a lot more sense now. Yeah, yeah, it's all coming together, yeah, isn't it, right? It's coming together immediately. Uh, and and actually, when uh, when I was seven years old, my mom took me uh, to do a theater production at UNLV because I needed kids for one of their shows. And you were a giant midget, so it would be perfect. It's a giant midget, perfect, perfect for me. <laughs> and I don't, I don't have any idea whether that was my idea in any way or she just dragged me down there. <clears throat> but I did like it and um, appeared in a couple shows at UNLV when I was seven, eight years old. And they have a, they have a city Las Vegas program in Las Vegas. It's called uh, the Rainbow Company Children's Theater. Okay. And I got involved with that. So I did theater from the time I was seven until I graduated high school, went off to college, uh, which... Uh, which, in retrospect, I, I think really, really helped me with my job. I mean, there's there's really something to be <laughs> a said. A lot of acting. Oh, going, shit, yeah. Going, well, going it's not job. even so much that as, uh, as uh, you know, you got to talk in front of people. If you're going to if you're gonna make it up to, you know, whatever echelon of your job, you're going to have to get up in front of people. And you, you have to be able to, you have to have the, be able to talk to people and the gift of gab. And yeah. if, they, if, if they drop you on stage at seven, uh, you you never develop that fear of speaking in front of people. If you start that early, it cuts a groove in your brain. Yeah, which is a skill people strive to obtain uh, that you got at seven years old. 
Right. I don't. I don't feel like I need to go to Toastmasters. Yeah. Um, yeah. You yeah. I think that's all. You don't want to give a five minute speech on uh, the spin drift that's in front of me. I wanted to <laughs> and just talk about the colors and stuff like that, yeah, and yeah. you know, get up there and sweat. But yeah. I've never really had that problem. And 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 if you're a, a business person, as I guess I aspire to be, it's helpful to be able to just, you know, talk and talk and talk. I get nervous about it. And be very dramatic at the same time. Be very dramatic. Yeah. 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 This is all all making sense now. Yeah. Yeah, Very dramatic. So I did that for a number of years, but that wasn't, that wasn't my future. You know, I, I, I have friends that were in that theater company with me that went on to do stuff in that arena, ended up on TV, ended up on stage. But you know, that's a, that's, that's a hard scrabble existence too. I mean, if I ever had any doubts of whether, that was the way to go. I right. just can see the path of career of some of my friends and realize how much they've struggled with some of that stuff. And you know, there's no telling if I was good or not. I mean, that that probably played a lot into, you know, was I good? I don't know. Can, right. can you be good at 14, 15? Yeah, some can. Yeah, some you, people you can. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, Who you, knows? You, but anyway, you'd probably been a total mess. You probably would have been in, in, in and out of rehab at the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cocaine. Yeah. As opposed like, to the 28-year career, uh, career I have right now, which is, uh, you know, objectively speaking, probably a little bit boring by comparison. <laughs> well, for some, for sure. Yeah. Others, maybe not so much. But uh, so my senior year, uh, the, uh, a bunch of universities came by my college and tried to convince you to go where they're going. And uh, Harvard University came by. And, uh, that's, that's a small trade school. It's the, it's the ASU of the Northeast, I think is what it's good called. Job. Yeah, yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Good job. I've been tra- yeah. well trained. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good job. Burst. Yep. All right. Um, good. at least you realize that. Yeah. <laughs> that's important, especially in this room. Yeah, that is. Yeah. As all the ASU stuff on the walls. <laughs> yeah. But I, I decided to apply and, uh, I think I decided to apply just because I thought it'd be cool to say that I had applied to Harvard, but I'd really never expected to get in honestly and uh neither had my father uh that was that was a big surprise when i got accepted because you know more lore from my family whatever that's worth um my father had never intended to pay for any of the colleges that i had applied to yeah. i was going to unlv well it was free yeah it was free right yeah so he, you know he taught there was education, you know, pretty much a like a given? Like you're going to college? There was never any question I was going to college. The, yeah, the same it. way I harangued my kids, like, you're going to college. It's not. It was not an option. Right. So I was going. Gotcha. You know, whether I, I guess whether I stayed or not, but could have been an open question. Gotcha. But, but that was, you know, when the acceptance letter came, I put my my dad in a bit of a, a, a problem. You know, because he had not, yeah. no money had been set aside for this, to my yeah. knowledge. Because you're going to UNLV, dude. I was going to UNLV for yeah. free. Uh, you're going to be a rebel with all the with all the criminals there. Yeah. <laughs> but he and my mom scraped it together, and uh, I did go. And, uh, and uh, did so, you, I, so had you never been to the college before, never seen dude, it, just I, heard about I it? I had never been east of Chicago when I left for college. I had never been to Boston in any way, this is. <laughs> this, I gotta tell you, this, this was not well thought through on my part. Yeah, and, obviously. And, 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 and as you and I have discussed in the past, that was clearly the worst four years of my life. I mean, it was, it was not. You know, I, I talked to a lot of my friends who who you know, speak pretty openly about how much fun they had in college and best years of their lives and just yeah. running around, enjoying themselves. But it, it sucked. It was it was hard for starters, and. Uh, 
and uh, I probably did not help myself by the way I showed up at the college because you know in high school I, was, I had black leather jacket and you yeah, know, you're I was, a cool guy. I was one, uh, well, yeah. for, cool may, I thought yeah. so for sure. A theater guy. <laughs> yeah, long theater, hair, yeah. ponytail, and all yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I had the whole deal. Yeah, the theater thing kind of kind of takes away from the motorcycle guy sort of. Yeah, persona. that's not yeah. cool. They're yeah. not compatible. Mm-mm. But um, but my problem was I showed up and I was I was determined not to lose that. I was going to take that image all the way through college. And uh, that didn't play there. It didn't play at all. Yeah, you you needed your sport coat and all and all that other shit. I I, I probably could have done it differently. Good for you though for uh, staying true to yourself. Is that is that good for me? Yeah, good for you. I mean, you obviously, you know, you. Uh, I mean, we talked about it before. So get to Harvard like the first day. Are you like, oh fuck? Like walk in your first class and everyone's fucking heads turns like, who's uh like the record. Like, yeah, like who's the greaser wearing the wearing the black leather jacket with the slick back hair? Uh, I, well, I, yeah, I think a little bit of that happened. I literally showed up in a black leather jacket, and I had those little fingerless gloves with the little studs. Yeah, yeah. I literally got on the plane and and arrived at Harvard University with that look. Was, I yeah. was I was going to push it the whole way. Yeah, you fucking did. You have your uh, set of drumsticks in your hand too. I did not. <laughs> you not should have back pocket. Drum. Yeah, back so pocket. anything. Yeah, back pocket. Anything to try to try to look cool. <laughs> Rock and roll. But uh, but I I kept true to that, uh, basically to the to the bitter fucking end, and uh, I probably if I was to do that again, if I were to do that again, I probably would go somewhere else. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I fit in there very well. And, uh, well, you're kind of a mixed bag, right? So you can fit in just about anywhere. I mean, I've known you for a long time. Like you can, you can, you know, I've been around your Ivy League buddies, and you fit in well there. But you can also talk to the, you know, to the, to the guys that uh, that are sweeping the floors at your company. So and and you treat everybody the same, which is one of the things that you know I love about you is like everybody's a person, and you treat them all the same. Well, I, I certainly appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Um, Except for me, you're kind of an asshole to me, but that's okay. Well, we have a we have a certain dynamic that yeah, works. For sure, yeah. It works for yeah, us. For sure. Um, but the guy, but the guys that you've met, um, that I met there, uh, were kind of in the same position. Okay. The, the, the guys I lived with. One got thrown out, right? Yeah, he got thrown out. <laughs> he had to leave for a year. There's a bit of a, a bit of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and then he came back, but but those guys, I mean, they were my they were my salvation. Honestly. How'd you meet them? How'd I meet all, all those knuckleheads? Oh, those knuckleheads they were that, that, they were well the the guy you, you guys met, have all have leather jackets on. Is, or? They did not. Okay, and they so. were they were not uh, super excited about me at the very beginning. No. Well, I, yeah. I can understand. I felt the same way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one's. Uh, I'm a I'm an acquired taste. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, me too. Yeah, you can ask my wife. She uh, yeah. she was not real impressed. Uh, yeah. uh, in the early days. <laughs> As well, sure she's laughing in the background now. Yeah, she knows it's true. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but well, Matt, who you've met, yeah, my buddy Matt Fontana. Uh, yeah, what's his uh, nickname again? The the dangerous, and the amazing and dangerous Matt Fontana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> uh, we met. Harvard has this weird little program where uh, the freshman outdoor program, where you could show up about eight or nine days early to college, gotcha. and you go camping. And since you never showed up at all, it's probably a good idea that you showed up. Like, hey, let me check this thing out. Yeah, right, yeah. since I've never been there. Yeah. But, I, you know, I like camping. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I went, and, that you know, in retrospect, that's that's pretty hardcore. I mean, you show up, and they they outfit you with a backpack, and you go out in the White Mountains for eight days. And you don't – you're out that whole time. You don't go back in and get right. supplies or anything. You Whatever you're carrying is what you're going to eat. And uh, I met Matt on that 
gotcha. trip. So that helped a lot. He was in California and, you know, most of the people that go to the school are from back East or international. So that at least was someone I understood in a, in a kind of basic way. Cause we were from the West. How many students are, are were at that school at the time you were there? Cause uh, you're Harvard. I have no idea how many fucking students even go there. My class, my class is 1400 students. And then total, so there's probably 10,000 like, or something? Like 7,000 undergraduates. So it's not a really big place either. No, it's it's a pretty So small everybody group. knows each other. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, you're the weird dude in the leather jacket. Yeah. And, yeah and, the, and, the like everybody dude. knows that, right? I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah. That's pretty sure. clear. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, because like ASU, 55,000 students, like you're, you're not going to know anybody, but you're going to probably, yeah, like er, everyone's going to have a pretty, especially in your class, probably going to have a pretty good idea of who, who you are, seen you somewhere or something. Yeah. I th- yeah. There's nowhere to hide, I guess. Is, there is, is nowhere to hide. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's, that's. S- so your sure. freshman year, did you room with him, or did you did you get the random, hey, this is my roommate, like in the dorm? Because I'm assuming you stayed in the dorms. I did stay in the dorms the whole time. Well, your freshman year, they they make you stay in Harvard Yard. So, which is you're gonna talk to, to, to us lay people. You're gonna have to explain. That's, that. that's just the little. Uh, that's the main part of the school. Gotcha. So it's the central location of the school, which is basically a series of dorms in the in a kind of like a quadrangle sort of area. Yeah. Um, for us so, non-Harvard people, the yard's like where the jail happens and there's muggings and rapes and all that kind of stuff. No, no, that no, that's, that's, different. that's, that's a couple of subway, uh, subway <laughs> lines down. Okay. Cambridge, right. there are bad parts of Cambridge. I can vouch for that. Yeah. Um, but you know, keep it pretty clean at Harvard. So I didn't room with Matt just because we had already been assigned room, but the other roommates I met lived on my floor. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, we got along with each other, bonded for whatever reason. What was so miserable about the the experience there? You know, I I've thought about that a lot because I really tried to reconcile that. that I've really had uh, I've tried to revisit why that went so wrong for me. I right. really spent a lot of time trying to figure that out, and and there's some there's some trite answers, uh, but I mean, if you if you take the if you take the top two students from your high school. And you take those kids and you put them all in one college. So, so you were one of the top two kids in your high school. Actually, I wasn't. But, but that's the but that was the kind of that was the rest of the student body, gotcha. right? You take your valedictorian. How the fuck did you get in there then? Uh, it's an open question. I, I don't know. <laughs> I actually have done interviews for the school since, like interviewed students. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty damn sure that I would not get accepted today. I'm almost hundred percent sure. I yeah. Did accepted. they like fuck your application up and they thought you were somebody else? They thought, yeah. Clearly, yeah. they mixed it up. <laughs> yeah. And then when the dude with the leather jacket showed up, they're like, "Oh, what the fuck? Oh this shit! Is what happened to the guy that was? What happened to Tad? Yeah, this is not. Yeah, we thought Kurt. It was Kirk. Yeah, or, or Kurt. Yeah, there was a Kurt somewhere <laughs> yeah. that ended up going to UNLV. Yeah. You got that? They got that fucked up. Uh, so, so it's it's a weird place, right? I mean, yeah. So and, you know, so you put very high performing people. Yeah, all very competitive, high performing people. You're not a very competitive guy. Uh, it depends on the scenario. Okay. I see your point. Yeah, like there's there's certain things I'm not competitive in, but I wanted to do well. I well, really you're competitive. Like I would say, you're competitive with yourself, not with others. Uh, yeah, that's probably fair to say. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm. Yeah, you're not like you could give a shit if if someone beats you if you gave your best effort. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'll do so. as best. I have an internal motto. Yeah. for what it's worth, which is, you know, I'll try to outthink you, and if I can't outthink you, I'll outwork you. Yep. Um, and you know that that's always been rattling around in the in the back of my head. So I, if that, I guess that would count as competitive. Yeah. In certain arenas, I yeah. feel pretty competitive about my business. 
I really want to do well there. Right. Um, but but that's you know not in too many other venues. You know I play sports. Yep. And but I'm only I'm probably the smallest dude to sit in this chair that you've had so far. Considering it's been a uh, yeah, yeah, it's been yeah. NFX, NFL players yeah, and, I, and firefighters. I think Heidi's even bigger than you are. So, yeah, 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 probably so. <laughs> so uh, or or you guys are about the same size. So I don't so. want it. So I don't want to. I don't want to suggest that I'm good at athletics. Yeah. Um, but I, I enjoy playing basketball and stuff like that. But right. uh, uh, I'm not competitive at it. Gotcha. I lose. I'm like, eh, whatever. Gotcha. Uh, but that school is full of people that are competitive, super competitive. And then you, you sprinkle in a couple of idiot savants in there as well, people that just have this really weird talent. Yep. And you make that your entire student body. And that's not that's not so fun, I got to tell you. No, yeah. What's, what's Friday night look like at, at Harvard? Uh, like Goodwill Hunting type if shit? If it's or? a good Friday night, you go to MIT to party, and that really tells you all you Oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck. Hey, 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 kids. Hey, guys. Let's go over to MIT. Let's get crazy. For the good times. Yeah. They have better robots over there. Yeah, definitely. That but, sounds fucking horrible. Well, oh, yeah. for a guy like me, that sounds bad. Yeah, so what what are you gonna do? I mean, how are you gonna You'll unwind? Find some like minded knuckleheads to go drink with. Well, that yeah. So there's a lot of drinking, um, but the pressure is it's really fucked up. I mean, there's there was a kid that I was rooming with my freshman year. Uh, his name is Tim Hong, and he's a he's a super kid, Asian really? guy, amazingly. Yeah, and wow. then uh, math guy. Uh, well, Computer he's, do- he's do- high end doctor now, oh, but I can and Korean family, right? Okay. So, uh, so he showed up and he I got stress. himself a, a a girlfriend who was really cool and sort of a blonde all American girl, which was a little bit good unexpected. for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. but but one of his grades slipped. He got B freshman year, and you know this is the old days, right? You don't have cell phones. You've got a, a common room phone in your common room, and he's on the phone, and you can hear him explaining to his parents, trying to explain why he got this B, right? a B at Harvard. He had one B. At Harvey's, I'm trying my hardest, and it's not because of joy, which is his girlfriend, right? Wow. He, and he's having to, he's, you know, having to lay, he's crying. He's having to lay it all out there because they're haranguing him, right? He got a B, and that's unacceptable. Fuck. So, you know, so that, that kid's pretty tightly wound. His expectations are. My parents are just happy I went to college. <laughs> well, yeah. So. <laughs> You've known me for And then the Harvard of the South yeah. as well. For, yeah, for, for sure. Jesus. Yeah. Holy cow. But uh, but I can tell you another story too that just kind of speaks to the pressure. So you met Matt, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. and uh, so Matt was a senior at, at this time, and and uh, one of the things they do for our exams is they have a big hall called Memorial Hall, and they they have very a unique of, name. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, you got one at every school. Yeah, this is the original one. This <laughs> oh, is the original yeah, okay, Mem Hall. Okay, yeah, okay, way okay. back before the all the other ones, and uh, so they have these big long wooden tables where you take your your exams, your final exams. And my buddy Matt's taking some easy class. It was anthropology or something. And he's sitting in, and they and they mix it up so students from other classes, you know, she can't cheat, right? So the kid across from him is taking some high-level math class. And that's his exam, too. And so Matt's just kind of blowing through his. Because by the time you're a senior, you pretty much have it figured out. Right. You know, even You'd I, hope so. Even I did. Yeah. You know, You'd I, hope so. Yeah, it's pretty. That's kind of your your quiet year. But this kid across from him, he's... he's Matt's kind of watching this kid across from him, right? And the kid's got his, his folder that he's supposed to be writing in, and he's, he's flipping through the test, and he flips on one page, and he flips the next page, and he flips through the entire test. He's just sitting there, and then he just puts in his head in his hands and just starts to cry. Jesus. He's crying. And then he got up and left. I'm Didn't out. write a fucking thing down. Didn't write one thing in his book, he just got up and left the room. Could have and drawn pictures in it or something. I, That's I, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> but I assume that kid left the school. You know, I assume never never to be seen he just again. Snapped. I assume he just snapped. I mean, you can't you can't not 
do your final exam, right? And yeah. expect to Yeah, pass. Yeah. So that kid just left. And that, that school is full of stories like that. You know? Really? Oh, my freshman year, some one kid I knew got on the subway that didn't go to his, his semester exams, got on the subway, rode up and down the red line all day, dropped out of school the next day. Just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Is it because of the workload they throw at you, or, or, or is the shit just that much more high level than a regular college or university? I, I don't know that it's all that much harder than a regular university. I have no basis by which to compare it, really. I, I took some classes at UNLV that were great. You yeah, know, that UNLV is a great school. I, I I have nothing to say against that school for sure, but uh, I I don't know if it's that much harder. Or they're just kids are hard on themselves. You know, they got in there, you got to do well. Someone in their life, you know, is pushing them. Yeah, that's high expectations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're yeah. if you're there doing shit or whatever, then it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. And then your major was, uh, well, because everything has to be fancy. At my college, it's technically geology, right. but my degree says earth and planetary sciences. I think geology sounds cooler. Earth, 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 and planetary science sounds a little dorky. It is well, yeah. It, consider the source. <laughs> well, <laughs> what was the story behind you picking the major again? I talking about beer drinking, or they had their own. Oh well, yeah, you or? go camping and you drink beer. They had a beer fridge in the. In the in the uh, in the department, so you, you could what you could use like I don't know could use at 18 at that time I suspect or changed 16 now. or 12 or whatever whatever yeah if you're old enough to to reach the handle of the beer fridge then you're in there so yeah. that's literally how you picked your major you're like hey these fucking guys get to go camping and drink beer i'm in well you gotta you gotta pick uh, you know the school is fucked up in all sorts of ways but you have to pick your major after your first semester it's time to pick you can't right you get through the first year so that seemed to be the most appealing to do. i wanted to do a science gotcha and uh, and i'm glad i did i love geology i really it's Good for me, and it, it fit the bill too, right? They take you out and do a lot of camping, and all the professors drink beer, and some of them actually—they they almost seem like normal guys. They are pretty normal guys. Yeah, they're, they're almost like yeah, in guys. a school, you know, rife with abnormality. Yeah, uh, I would say the geology department was was pretty pretty mellow. They were the leather jackets. They did not. I was no. I was, I was still, the sole still, leather oh, jacket dude, dude man. Yeah. The, the, no. That was yeah. that was it. I was the one. Maybe was the, it, did you did you rock the original leather jacket from day one all the way to the end, or did you actually buy a new one? Well, I doubled down my <laughs> sophomore okay, year, yeah. and I bought a fucking motorcycle. Oh. Yeah. In in Boston. Yeah. yeah. How'd, how'd that work? Uh, for me, it worked great. Right. Because uh, I drove it back from my, after my sophomore year. I drove it back from Boston to Las Vegas. To clear my head, because I was all fucked up, man. I really, I after my sophomore year, I wasn't. Why were you fucked up? Because I, like, the school was hard. Yeah, and I wasn't. The I, workload was hard. Being around the people was just all hard. I I think maybe it's kind of kind of a contrast to high school as well. Right. I had a hell of a good time in high school. Yeah, I, to I really, me that was the funnest time ever. You can't you can't worry about dick in high school. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah. Well, you know, this, the work's easy. Yeah, right for sure. And uh, and I was doing the theater stuff, which which I found to be a lot of fun. I like yeah. to be on stage, and uh, you know I was a pretty social dude, and and you know and there were girls that wanted to spend time with me, and sounds that, all that, right. Yeah, that yeah. all that all changed in college. That, that completely, yeah. <laughs> like completely you're, changed. You're the weird dude in a leather jacket. Yeah, yeah. That nobody wants to talk yeah. to. Yeah. So objectively, <laughs> I'm the same guy, but everyone else is like, and that, and it used to be cool where I was, but it's not cool yeah. where I I what. Now you're a there. fucking weirdo. Now you're. Fucking weirdo. That's exactly. And and you bought a motorcycle to make yourself even more fucking weird. Yeah, that, yeah. that's true too. Yeah. But yeah. I, I didn't give a shit. I was happy with that motorcycle. I love that bike. 
And uh, so I'd ride it to class, you know. Yeah. Ro- roll up to my class and rev that thing a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You're just feeling the fire, dude. I was just, you know, whatever. Mad at the world. But like I said, after my sophomore year, I wasn't sure that I was coming back. I, really? I basically had enough. So I took that motorcycle and I drove it home. And that took me about a month. Or I took a month. And uh, you know, it's amazing what being in your own head for a month will do. Just, you know, that's even before you could listen to music in your helmet or whatever. So yeah. I, you know, if you spend, you spend you, a month, you have the Sony head. Walkman. Uh, I did, but you can't get the headphones in the helmet. Mm. I would have listened to music had that's it been an option, but that just gives you time to think, right? That's, that's a lot of time to think. So, and, 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 it would, and it, that's what it took for me to, to kind of mellow out. And I'll give my, my wife some credit here too. Uh, I met her for the first time after I returned from that motorcycle trip and, uh, and she, uh, you know, she actually seemed to like me. Yeah. Uh, Probably the leather jacket. Certainly at that time. Yes. The leather jacket was a plus in her eyes. Yeah. She's like leather jacket and a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, drove the motorcycle home and then spent two whirlwind uh, months with this woman, uh, that, 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 you know, I eventually married. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that put my head right. And I was ready to go back my junior year and it got easier after that. A little bit. I had figured a few things. Did out. you did you make a conscious decision like, hey, fuck this, whatever it is. I got two more years left. I'm gonna finish this. Like, because you're because you're a guy that finishes stuff. You're I not, was gonna finish. My, yeah, you know, you my finishing. parents sent me to that school and they spent a lot of money. Right. And there was really, I didn't see a different way out. I wasn't gonna switch schools or something like that. It sounds like uh, from what you're saying, like there there wasn't a lot of people there besides your buddies that you could drink with. That kind of like who'd you go to when you had. Tough shit going on. You just put your head down and just kind of go from there. Man, I just kind of internalized it. Yeah. I, I talked to my roommates. Yeah. My roommates are great. I love those guys. Those, yeah, you're still uh, friends with all of them today, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they would come to me too. It was right. sort of one of those things. Where we were all just trying to get through it together. Because, they, they, you know, my, my one uh, roommate, Charlie, I mean, his, you know, he, he came from a pretty poor background. His, his dad was a, a janitor at the, some of the schools in Boston. He was on a complete full ride. I mean, That's awesome. There was no, and he's, he's turned himself, uh, he was already a great person. I shouldn't right. say that, but, you know, he's turned himself into, you know, quite a dude. What does he do now? He, uh, he was in the uh, in alumni services for Harvard for quite a while. He stayed for a while. And then he moved over to Occidental outside of L.A. Okay. Uh, you know, found this great wife and has this, you know, it's kind of one of those. I, I hate to put Charlie in the rags to riches category because that's, that's, not, a, that's that, not necessarily fair. But that's okay to be in that category. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just I don't know enough about his his growing up to know that that's a hundred percent true. Well, if your dad's a janitor, you they're not fucking killing. No, they're not. Yeah, killing yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> and, if, um, and if mom didn't work, they're definitely not killing it. I yeah, they were yeah. His mom, dad were divorced. So yeah. So yeah. So you know. So that was your tribe. That was my tribe. Those yeah. those were the fellas, and we all lived together. There were seven of us total, in the same house, in the same room, same room, well, same dorm room. Okay, gotcha. You know, a little common room and little tiny little bedrooms off the. Gotcha. Common room, so some combination of all seven of us were together that entire time. So that's what kind of saved you. That, that I don't. If that hadn't happened, I don't think I would have made it. Honestly, I think yeah. Uh, one like the one roommate you're talking about that. that had to take a year off. Yeah, yeah. He had to finish his last year by himself because the rest of us had graduated. How'd that go? He, well, he did it, but yeah, I, I think I would have struggled with that. I don't one know. year, fuck it, like I want to finish. Yeah. So, 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 so the lone wolf McQuaid thing wouldn't work for you. <laughs> I, I think that would have been really hard. I think I would have done it 
But I think I would have been one miserable bastard that whole time. Were you involved in anything else when you were there, or just fucking? You said put no, your head down no, and just do the school just, stuff. I didn't have time to do anything else. I wow. really didn't. I, sh- I, in retrospect, I should have done some theater there, right? Because those were people I felt really comfortable with. Yeah. But I never, I never had the time. I thought, how am I gonna, how am I gonna add learning a script onto all this shit I have to do? How many hours does does a Harvard kid uh, take? To, Typically for a semester, like, or is it like, cause you know, most, most kids are 12, 15 hours. Like, like you graduated in four years. Oh yeah. I graduated in four. Yeah. So you're taking 18 credits or whatever. You know, I don't know, Brandon, cause they, they had a completely different setup. Is I took four classes a semester. Okay. Um, and then, and that's, you know, so I took. With no summer school. No. Sounds pretty easy. I don't know why it's such a hard That's time a piece, Yeah, kickball. Yeah, four yeah. classes? That's yeah, all you did? There's only four. Come on, dude. Just four. Jesus I could Christ. have done it standing on my head. Yeah, I know. That's I it. could probably do it now, now that I kind of understand the process a little better. Right. In fact, I, I think it'd be fun to go back to school for a little bit. Not that yeah, school. you and I talked about that. Yeah. Not that school, but it'd be fun to go back Not to that school. school. Well, you know, and I spent some time trying to reconcile all this too, right? I went back to my 25th reunion, which is the only one I went back to. And I'm like, you know, I need to. Need to make peace with this yeah. myself. Just I really do. Yeah, it seems like that that shit hung with you for a long time. Then it did, I, and 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 I and I went back to the twenty five reunion, reunion. I did not make peace with it. <laughs> I didn't. I totally didn't. I told there was still there was still a bunch of fucking assholes uh, that I didn't get along with, and and I hung out with my buddies as I did before, and I was like, you know what, I was right. Yeah. This sucks for me. Yeah, and I'm not saying it sucks objectively. I mean that the, you just know, for that's, you. That school is yeah. They, you know, they're doing cutting edge research, but for me, it was not nothing against the school. It just it no. just it just it just wasn't no. was, wasn't your place. It should have been University of Santa Barbara. I totally should have gone to UC Santa Barbara. <laughs> or something. I, I would have to agree. Yeah, yeah should have stayed on the beach because even Pepperdine would have probably worked better for you. I I can't think of a school that wouldn't have worked better for me. Yeah, uh, I guess maybe another Ivy League school would not have. But but and the and the real the real killer about it is at the end of the day, I'm proud to have that degree. I really am. Yeah, but, I'm. I'm. Yeah, you should be proud. But the killer is it, it was. It's absolutely not important for my job. The 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 but the doors it's open for you. I would no 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 doors no nothing doors. like that. No, nope. I could have showed up at the job that I have now. Yeah. Well, the the and the, once again, this is nothing against the school, but I I work with a bunch of guys that went to Chico State University, right? right. And that's a very fine university. What's that? But it's uh you know <laughs> but when I, but when I was in college, that was the party school, like the literal party school, Playboy's party school. Of really? 19, oh yeah. Yeah. So and and our president. Uh, for a long time, our former president of my company went to Chico State and had a bachelor's, and that's the only degree he had. So right. our job can be done with any geology degree. It doesn't have to be a Harvard degree. And when I say opening doors, there's there's not other opportunities or doors that were opened or or things from other Ivy League guys that you met that, that led to something else? I would like to say that was true, but it's a pretty small community gotcha. in Las Vegas. And I've been in Las Vegas since that time. I really haven't gone anywhere else. Yeah. So... uh I, I guess I could think about it, but I can't. I can't think of one instance in which it's like, oh yeah, that finally paid off. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, dude, yeah. that sounds miserable. Well, if, if if that's the worst four years of my life, then you're okay. And it was. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Well, yeah. I mean, as you said, when you go back 25 years years later, I'm thinking, yeah, if they're douchebags in the in their you know 18, 19, 20, 21, they're just they're the level of douchebaggery is gonna gonna exponentially increase as they get older and they obtain more money or whatever stuff like that. So they're probably like even worse. 
Well, yeah. And just please that, tell me you show up in a leather jacket and fucking and uh, and fingerless gloves for your twenty fifth. I didn't. You know, I tried to. Like I said, I was trying to. <laughs> I was trying to mend fences, not right. uh, not burn them to the ground. Yeah. But and and some of the students are okay. I, I can tell you that when I was there, also I had a, I had a, I had to get a job, right? So I was uh, serving food at the business school. You're almost like Goodwill Hunting, a little bit. Right, look. Yeah, almost. Yeah. almost Except yeah. that I can't write all that uh, complicated math shit on the board. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. And so, and you're not a good fighter, and you're not very well, I'm athletic. not a good fighter, and I'm not as good looking as yeah. Matt Damon. Okay. I, I'm well, pretty sure. Slight similarity. Yeah, there's some differences, <laughs> yeah. to say. Similar, but, but completely opposite. Got it. But I needed to make a little money while I was there. Right. Because uh, my parents were throwing every dollar they had at the tuition, so. And they weren't, your parents, like, they're not, they weren't rich people. You didn't come from, you know, from a family with a ton of money. Like, they were, they made it a decent living but it's not like there's uh, an uh, exuberant amount of, of money or things flying around the, the Stowers household back then right I, I would say we were solidly upper middle class gotcha um, you know so I've listened to some of your other podcasts Brandon and I, and I wish I had this really you know great, uh, great arc where I started out yeah uh, you know with nothing and raised to this but I was right. I've been pretty fortunate yeah for from sure the very beginning yeah. I mean I, I you know not poor not rich no, just right. So, but, but I had to make money. I had to make a little bit of money, or or, or I wasn't going to be able to. It's mostly spending money. Yeah, but I can tell you that, that in terms of of, of sheer dickishness, <laughs> that, that the the people that were taking classes at the business school at Harvard, they they had a program that was for uh, upcoming CEOs. Gotcha. Right. So if you were a company yeah. in, uh, in anywhere in the U.S. or even internationally, you know they would send guys, and it was almost exclusively the guys at that point to to this Some school for yeah. six weeks and they, and they'd feed them every night. Right. right. But that was the biggest group of fucking dicks I've ever been around in my life. Just fucking just, entitled. Just, like, just Hey, fucking dickheads. And, and, and they didn't know that. The, and, and most of the people that were kind of catering these things are really just serving food. Right. right. Uh, were Harvard students actually. Right. And I heard one guy dress down this, this girl about how she'd never be anything and she'd be serving food for the rest of her life. But at the same time, you know, she's a sophomore at Harvard. He didn't know that. I guess he thought that, you know, she just walked off the street into this job. But, you know, that's sort of some of the mentality was there. Yeah. Um, I'd have a hard time not choking someone fucking for... (laughs) Well, that'll that'll drive you a little crazy. Yeah, I'd want to punch people on a regular basis there, I think. Yeah. But but that probably wouldn't go over very well, right? It's a pretty nonviolent place. Yeah, at that school, which yeah. that that part was nice. It was a very safe school. I'll, I'll say that. Right. Um, yeah, but on one side, everyone's a dick, and you really can't actually. I don't know, that that'd be an interesting dynamic for sure. Yeah, like you can run your mouth, but you can't get punched in it because it's a safe place. Like that sounds like hell to me. There's a lot of run in the mouth going at all times. Yeah. Yeah. And, com- and competitive, and people are like sometimes when that shit happens, you see the worst in people. Yeah, that'd yeah. be that would suck. It was. It was a bit of a challenge, so I. But it got done, you know. I was yeah. very happy uh, when it was all over, and but even after I graduated, I felt that uh, that I I was I had to get my head right. So, yeah, you had to take some time off, right? You took some time off. I. Uh, this is. I think this is a funny story. So uh, I'd been riding horses since I was a kid. Right. Right, and I really enjoyed that. So I didn't feel like going right back to Vegas. I sure as hell wasn't staying in Boston, so I didn't really know what I was going to do. So I decided in my head somehow that uh, that what I wanted to do was I wanted to ride horses and get paid for it. That's my yeah. only criteria. 
So if you can imagine me in my leather jacket and, and I marched down to the office of career services at Harvard <laughs> university and, and, and they're going to help me get a job. Right. And I'm like, okay, here's what I want to do. I want to ride horses. I want to get paid for it. Yeah. Right. And I expected this woman sitting at a desk and I expected her to, to be, you know, just tell me to leave. Like, you know, don't be an idiot. Yeah. But or she, after she picked herself off the floor from laughing. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. Right. But what she actually did, which I think is, is one of the funniest things ever was she, she held up her finger and she was like, hold on a second. And she turned around at her desk and she had a, like a, almost like a card catalog with index cards in it. Yeah. Yeah. And she rifles through it and she plucks one out and she's like, Hey, these guys own a ranch in Wyoming. What the um, fuck? Right, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Call, call them. And sometimes they hire students from here for uh, seasonal work. Oh, okay. And I'm like, really? She's yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Give, yeah. Give him a call. Give, give Charlie a call. And so I called Charlie and his brother, Pete Scott, Charlie Pete Scott, to whom I owe a great debt of gratitude. And they hired a recent Harvard graduate to, uh, drive their combines. And, uh, and chase cattle on horseback, and they hired me for four hundred and twenty-five dollars a month plus room and board. Big and uh, yeah, big time. My, my truck payment at the time was two forty, oh, yeah. so I had about two hundred dollars of discretionary income <laughs> uh, each month. And uh, but I love that job. I did love that job, and that was the that was perfect for How me. How long did you do that job? Uh, until it got to be twenty below. Okay. So, I was only there about six months. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. about six months. It was, it like, was totally yeah. seasonal work. But, but once again, kind of with the motorcycle thing, you know, I sat on a tractor combine, a Heston Swather, it was called, for nine to ten hours a day. I did have a Walkman in that scenario. Good, yeah. good. But important. if the batteries ran out at, at 9 a.m., you're, you're fucked. Yeah, you have to bring a, a set of backup. Day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> set of backup batteries. Yeah, and then, uh, and then to be on horseback a lot, which we were just pushing right. cattle from, from pasture to pasture. That gave me a really chance to kind of equilibrate. And, and, and as I'm sure you can imagine, the cowboys that I lived with were the exact opposite. Oh, yeah, the Harvard guys, of, right? Of just a completely different world. Blue-collar dudes. Accept you, not accept you. They were, they were super gracious. Were they? They did. They took me to the bar. They kept me out of trouble. They'd get in fights and shit. They just pushed me over the side. <laughs> Some little guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you're going to drive us home or to the emergency room <laughs> right. whatever. Um. But they no, they were they were very accepting. But uh, but I could do the job too. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. Know, I was out there doing the work. I lost like twenty pounds too. It was it was hard work. It was six days a week. Yep. And then Saturday night you go into town, drink, your, drink a bunch of beer. There's your tribe again, right? Those yeah, are, yeah, those, yeah. Those are your guys. I did like those guys, it, yeah. but they were they were different from any other guys I'd ever spent time around. Well, you you spend the day with them. You're eating with them. You know, you're. I'm I'm assuming that you lived in the bunkhouse. That was the whole goal was to live in the bunkhouse. Okay, because so. I, I that, that, it that kind of plays into the horseback thing. But yep. when I was growing up, my my parents took me to these dude ranches, and which I loved. And there's always a bunkhouse, right? And I, I would never allowed in the bunkhouse. You yeah. can't go in the bunkhouse. It's the bunkhouse. So yeah. in my mind, it was some magical. Place. You got there. You're like, yeah. Oh well, yeah. Then I, got, I finally off. lived in a bunk. <laughs> yeah. But I did right. I yeah. lived in a bunkhouse, and they were paying me to ride horses but the yeah. bunkhouse was an absolute shithole yeah, and it was uh, and it was powered uh, or it was heated by a coal-fired stove oh yeah in that's a central room that sounds like it's good for everything oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. wake up with the black lung <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Well, there was a, there was, you know, the, uh, the exhaust went out the top, but yeah, still. I'm, I'm sure all of it went out the top yeah. too. None of it, none of it leached into the, to, into the air you were breathing as you were sleeping. I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was fine. Cause those things are super self-contained. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially back then. One time we accidentally left the, left the exhaust thing closed and then yeah. we got up to about 800 degrees and Ooh. turned white hot. It was exciting. Yeah, I yeah. bet. But, um, so that gave me the, you know, I needed that. Yeah. I really needed that. Why? I just I just needed to clean house in my head. I just you know I had I had been I had been beaten down by myself. No one else beat me down. I, I beat say. myself down for four years. And why did you beat yourself down? I don't like I don't explain that. I, like, just, I don't get that. I, I just never figured it out. You know, I just never figured like you were it out. never good enough for where you're for where you're at. You like like you didn't do well enough in class. Like, uh, yeah, I, I graduated cum laude. Okay. Which means that so did I from the Harvard of the South. Oh, so, see, yeah, so we're we're, we're, right, bro- right. we're brothers in yeah, arms. Right. There's no question about it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but but I got a B plus average in that school, graduate cum laude, yeah, because that was all I had. I was not capable of being an A student. There was nothing more I could have done. And that's what pissed you off, or, 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 or that's to beat yourself up. I guess maybe. I yeah. just that was that was as good as I could do. And you know, there's something liberating about that too. You know, I think sometimes some people find their limitations later in life. Right. Find that they can't do everything. I figured out I couldn't do everything from that experience. There, there were a lot of life lessons that I learned at that col- at that college experience. What? What lessons were learned? Oh, that 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 there are pe- people better than me. Okay. And uh, objectively, all of them at that school. <laughs> there may have been Not a few. the dudes that rode the subway up there and down were, yeah. and never showed up. Okay, the people that didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's important. And that's a lesson you'd learn throughout life, too, right? It's, it's uh, you know, I was, I was always pretty bright. Right. But, uh, but there's tons of people that are brighter than me. And I run into them all, all the time. time yeah. In all sorts of different, you know, venues. and. So no athletics when you were growing up? No, huh? Yeah, and that's why I think like uh, I think it's good for kids to be in athletics, cause they, so they do get their ass kicked. I'm like, holy yeah. cow! Like you know that those are pretty good life lessons to learn as you're younger. But yeah, if like you experience them later, I think they're probably harder. Like, fuck, I'm not as good as I thought I was. Yeah, well, that was that was the time I I learned that lesson. Right, and uh, that's an important one to learn. Figure out your own limitations because when I graduated from high school, man, there was there's nothing I couldn't do. Right. Uh, and that's a that's wrong-headed thinking. Well, right? you're living in a small world, and everybody is, right? Yeah. Like, I thought I was better than I was athletically. I thought, whatever, and then you get somewhere else, you're like, oh, so now that the game's been upped, and yeah. then, you know, I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to have to work even a little bit harder to get what I need to get. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, 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 so four years of fucking with your brain and kind of making you realize that that you're not as good as you thought you were, but you made some good friends out of the deal and yeah. kind of learned some stuff and then ended up at the ranch. And then uh, your parents were cool with you working at the ranch and doing all that stuff. You know, I, I wonder. I really do wonder. I think they were certainly cool with it. They they drove me there. My dad drove Oh, they me. did? Okay. They they went to my graduation. They drove from Vegas to Boston. You guys are drivers. I don't know. Stowers family are drivers. Uh, now I'm a flyer. Yeah. I should have flown Well, here. not really. You just yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I should have fucking drove here. nine hours here yesterday. Yeah, that was... <laughs> <laughs> Less not optimal, yeah. but uh, but yeah, and they picked me up and they dropped me off in Wyoming on the way home. I never even went home after I graduated. I went right to the ranch. Gotcha. And uh, cleared my head and worked there six months until they didn't. It was seasonal work, so right. And it got real cold. We were on horseback at twenty below. We were still out. 
Yeah, that sounds and cool. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll go back to Vegas. Yeah, uh, do something else. So I did. And then I was a bank teller for a few months because I couldn't find a geology job. And, and I found my current job and I and racked up 28 years there now. So it's been 28 years. Same job. Started at the absolute bottom. And now I'm one of the owners of the company. So What's the absolute bottom? Staff geologist. Okay. And what does a staff geologist do? Um... It's environmental consulting at the end of the day. So, so, so that's what Broadbent does, right? Yeah, that's our... Broadbent is an environmental consulting firm that does... M- most people aren't... I'm, fuck, I still don't even know. I, I've known you for, for 15 plus years or whatever. And like, you guys basically just do anything when it comes to water, dirt, or air? Yeah, there's where's about seven or eight th- different things we do. If you, we clean up soil and groundwater. You know, if you have an underground storage tank and it's leaked into the soil or groundwater, come help. Right. Work that out. We do air quality permitting for uh, industrial facilities and non-industrial facilities. We actually have a stack testing division, which is sending guys out actually with analyzers, and they go up on the stack and directly uh, analyze you know, what's coming out of contaminants it. and okay. making sure they're within permits. Um, and we do clean water stuff too. You know, deep. We'll, we'll do geology for deep aquifer wells okay. and things like that. And it's multi-state, um, right? It is. We we have offices and. Chicago, San Antonio, a couple in California, Salt Lake City. So, but when we started, when I started with the company, there were six of us. Just six of you guys. In that's one it. office uh, in Boulder City, Nevada. And now there's about, you know, there's about 100 of us. So, it's really, I've been really fortunate to get a job there and grow with the company since that time. Well, and, and along the way, you bought into it, right? Like, you I know, did. I, yeah. I, they let me buy into the ownership yep. of the company. Which is which is pretty cool. I mean, that's that's really where, you know, the difference between making a salary and having a little bit of an investment in your company, right? Really makes it, you know, worthwhile. What, what growing pains? How'd you grow? Why'd you grow? Like, because now you guys are hundred plus employees. Yep, hundred plus employees, multi-state, like revenues in the in the tens of millions of dollars. Yep. So how how do you get there? Can't be easy. I would argue we got there kind of slow. Um, you know, it took it took about 30 years to get from five people to 100. Um, so, I, you know, I, I'd like to say we, that we had a lot of good fortune, honestly. Uh, Nevada's, you know, while a large state, is pretty sparsely populated. Right. So there weren't a lot of other companies that what we did, did what we did in Las Vegas of any size. So, you know, we were competing against sort of other mom and pops. We were a mom and pop. Sense in the original, yeah, six uh, people iteration. Sure. Um, and I think I had good partners, I still have good partners, and we were tried to be real thoughtful about how we grew, not too fast. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's just kind of out hustling, out hustling the other companies. Uh, some of the other companies that we kind of grew up with are, are the same size, and I, I think that is fine, for, yeah. I, and I think they're fine with it, but we chose a different route, and uh, you know, our, our aspirations are to be. Uh, probably national eventually. And, you know, we're flirting with it today. I mean, there's, there's a wide gulf between California and Chicago, Illinois, we're trying to fill in the spaces in there and all the growing pains associated with that. Yeah. What, what, uh, so staff geologist to what, what was the next step? Well, in our, internally in our, there's, you become a project manager. Okay. So you're a project geologist and then senior associate and then principal. So, gotcha. Right. Currently, right now, I'm the principal. I'm principal geologist and uh, division manager in our Las Vegas office. But much more than that, right? 
what are their hats well, to wear? I've got corporate responsibilities as well. So I'm on a board of directors and I'm a treasurer for our board of directors. And I have some sort of oversight of our Chicago office. And I have some sort of oversight of a separate division we started recently for water and wastewater. So, yeah, I, I do a little bit of technical work nowadays, but mostly focused on growing the company. Which is not easy, right? It, it, it's a real challenge. It's it's weird when we when I started out, you know, I'd work for people for we have people that have been there a really long time. I have coworkers I've worked with for twenty years, um, but once you get larger, the turnover is a little more. Yep, and it's uh, that's that's hard to get my mind around sometimes too. I think Why? we offer a really good. Well, yeah, you guys take care of your employees more better than most companies. Like like uh, you guys pay all the medical insurance, right? Um, everyone gets paid a salary, obviously. Um, you guys do vacation 401k or, or IRA? Vacation, uh, we put in 6% of, to the to employees 401k if they put in three. Okay. Um, so we, we try to make it appealing. We try to make it a good place to work, too. I mean, I have a lot of, I have all the flexibility about who we hire, basically. Right. And I've, you know, I've tried to hire people that I would like to work with. Hiring off character versus versus off skill set sometimes or a little bit of both yep. yeah because sometimes I think we were talking earlier like in your field you have to hire someone with whatever certification that's yeah sometimes your choices are are limited but right. I think sometimes you just you know, try to treat people nice that's at the end of the day we do a lot of social stuff outside of work that people will go to and I, I like to think that they're doing that because they enjoy it and I, right. I think that's largely true. Yeah, maybe some of them do it because they feel like they have to. Right. Um, but we try to make them pretty fun as well. Is that a conscious choice of, of, of all the ownership or just you or who who's kind of developed that culture? I, th- I think that's that's all the ownership. Yeah. Yeah, we've had a couple of people that have managers that haven't fit that mold. And uh, they have higher turnover because, because of it. Okay. I'd say what happens to those people? They're, they. Well, they, it, make, it makes their job harder at the end of the day. Yeah. If, if I'm keeping people... Um, and they're correctly trained. Uh, that makes my job. I, I delegate the shit out. Of, you know, I wear a lot of hats. Right. But man, I I parse that work out to all sorts of competent people, and they're very competent. So I don't have to worry about it. I, you know, drop things on someone else's desk. It'll get done. And how do you like? Obviously, you're empowering those people to do whatever they need to do to get that job done. Are you guys big on coaching, mentoring? Do you guys? You know, is there any kind of formal stuff or just like, hey, figure the fuck out? If, if you got questions, come ask me. Well, we, it's on our website. It says figure it the fuck out. Yeah, it's, it's our good. motto, actually. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, in today's business climate, it's, uh, that's a little rough as a motto. Right. But uh, yeah. it's a combination of those things, Brandon. It's not uh, it's not really perfect. Right. Obviously. Nothing is right. No, but but, uh, you know, train train them as much as you can. We do so much different stuff at my company that. that Sometimes it's hard to make sure everyone's trained in all venues, but make sure they're trained enough. Um, and if people do one job over and over and over again, it gets pretty boring. So we try to try to mix it up a bit, have them, and it makes us more flexible as a company. We right. have four or five people, and they can do, you know, three or four things. Yeah, a little more agile. Can, yeah, a little more agile. Be able to do different things. So really, you guys just don't have anything formal. You guys just kind of like seriously. You guys just kind of figuring out as it goes. It sounds like lately you guys are trying to be more strategic and come up with better plans and uh, have a, a bigger vision and stuff like that. How's how are those growing pains? Well, I mean, if by that, if I come up with a better strategic plan, you mean come up with a strategic? Plan yeah, yeah, yeah. After yeah, thirty yeah, years, yeah. yeah, yeah, we did that. Yeah. We did that finally. Yeah, um, it, we it, we had done it before, but it was pretty informal. Right, but. 
in 2019, we hired an outside consultant and locked ourselves in a room for a couple of days and, and hammered out really what we wanted, which, which we all kind of knew in our heads, but it's, it's hard to get by in when it's all just in your head. You need to write it down and you need to distribute it to other people in the company. And so this is what we're trying to do. And then they're like, oh, that's, that's what we're trying to do. Because then they're looking for, for those things as well. If you, if you have all your people out and they understand the mission, then you know, everyone's, quote, a salesman for you. Yep. Uh, but you know, some of our people didn't know really what we did in other offices. Yeah, and for that's, sure. That's not good, because there's some services one office will supply that others don't. And we have this uh, really large cultural resources uh, services division out of our Reno office, but none of those people are in Vegas. So if someone asks one of my staff geologists tomorrow, "Do you guys do cultural resources?" Half of them are probably going to say, "I don't think so." Or what the fuck is that? Yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> know what that is. Yeah. Um, Let me call Kirk. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. And uh, but I try, I'd like to minimize those calls so they know. But yeah, it's you know it's a buzzword, but you do try to empower people to to go out and do stuff, and we'll give them financial incentives too. If you bring in a new client, we'll give you money. Really? Yeah. What about me? Have you brought in any new clients? No, I'm just asking. If this podcast totally blows, if this if this rumination on my uh, horrible life in college uh, gets some work for us, I would definitely at least least throw you some beer. Yeah, it's something. I just want to be on the ground floor of this podcast, Brandon. When it's finally a humongous thing, which I don't think it's ever going to be. But by by the way, is this episode 13? Am I I lucky 13? No, no. There's more. I feel like there's 13. because we have a backlog. So oh. yeah, yeah. Oh, so, you've been parsing them out. Yeah, a so, little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. We we try and get in head of the game. Yeah. So, all right. So from we didn't talk much about your childhood, but like is anything in there specific to you that defined who you were that helped you become the man that you were besides the relationship with your dad? Because I know you were very close to your dad. Yeah. So is that where most of your you know morals and values come from? Since you never played sports, like like where does where did all that shaping come from? I, th- I think the theater played into it. Too. Really, I mean, I didn't do athletics, but but theater is definitely a team sport. If you uh, <laughs> if never, you're up there, never would have known that. Well, you're you're on a you're on a stage with other people, and you need to trust them because if they're not prepared, you're gonna look fucking stupid. Right, really stupid. more stupid. More, you're gonna look yeah, more, more stupid, stupid than I do <laughs> yeah. already. Yeah. Extra stupid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of trust there, and not only not only that, but you know, the whole theater experience itself is sort of a trust exercise. They emphasize needing to trust each other. So I think that's really, you know, the ultimate team sport. uh, If you're a non-athletic person that that comes as close as you're going to get. Okay. Um, You know, and, and obviously you and I went into the military as well for whatever that was. And that's a, I mean, that was obviously more of a thing for you than it was for me. Yeah, no, we'll get into that for sure. Yeah. But, um, but that, you know, that's, I've, I've I've always liked to be on teams. Even the even the cowboying stuff, you know, that's team, that's a team yeah, as absolutely. well. You're you've got you've got a thousand cattle, and you've got so many people on horses, and you need to get them from one spot to the other. And that sounds pretty simple as a concept, and Not it really. is as a concept. Now with a thousand cattle, yeah, now with a thousand anything, and and, and you know, a hundred of them have their own agendas and what they want to do, and, right. and their own, uh, uh, you know, their own instincts. And some Sounds days, like people. some days are hard, right? So you've got you've got ten people on horseback that need to work together, or your day is going to get a lot longer. You're going to get it done no matter what. Right. But it, the 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 difference between a ten hour day and a fourteen hour day is how well everyone works together. Gotcha. So I've been in, you know, lots of 
teammate situations. You know, when you and I do these stupid fucking Ragnars. Yeah, it's your fucking twice a year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm putting uh, 100% of the blame on you. You know, and I hate the running too, honestly. (laughs) It's it's the worst part of any one of these races. Yeah. Whenever I'm doing the actual running, I'm not even around you guys. I'm just out there by myself. I even kind of objectively like running a little bit, but it's clearly the worst part. The fun part is getting to the room or the house the night before and, yeah. and hanging out and, being in the van yeah and supporting yeah. each other and if someone you know if someone inevitably gets hurt right or can't go and then everyone picks up the slack yep and just just sitting in uh knowing that that the people have your back i think that's all we really want as people if we're if you know we're going to be successful we just want people to have our back Absolutely. who are the people that have my back yep you know you and i've been friends for a long time yep. i know you have my back yep and i've got four buddies of which you're one of them that I've made sure they're around my children because I know they got my back and I let them know I'm like hey these are the guys you go to yeah call this I'm dummy not here for some reason yeah <laughs> Brandon's in charge of a well if you want to say <laughs> I'm slapping the fuck <laughs> Brandon, slapping somebody Brandon's the fuck in charge <laughs> of attitude adjustments that yeah, people yeah. Uh, give you you know my I'll, other buddies have different I'll be the drunk uncle <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah exactly you're made love to a man no you want to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So sheepdog, sheepdog fits though. Yeah, that 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 actually fits my personality. I I have told my son numerous times. I was like, if the shit really hits the fan and you need someone proactive, <laughs> call Brandon. He'll be in Vegas in about yeah. five and a half hours. I said, but but keep in mind too, you can't turn that one off. Yeah. Yeah. If you just need a, a gentle push, you know, call one of my other buddies. But right. if you need a you need a final solution, call Brandon. But <laughs> but be ready because you're yeah. gonna get it. Yeah. You're gonna he, get the final solution. He has an action bias. Yeah. For sure. There's an on and off switch, and that off doesn't. Sometimes yeah. it's a while to take that off. Once it's on, you know, it's on for sure. But so you were how deep into your career at broadband when you decided to join the military well i guess when did 9-11 happen 2001 mm-hmm. all right so i was probably nine years into my career and uh and i know you know the story but i'll tell it again because we're doing a damn podcast so yep. it's not just me and you talking but uh I, you know, I was pretty pissed off i was pretty pissed off after 9-11 and uh rightfully so yeah but certain members of my family particularly uh two generations before me you know, a lot of my uncles have been in World War II and, uh, you know, had served with a certain amount of distinction. Some lost their lives. And uh, I was pretty pissed off. I was pretty pissed off after that. And um, and I also thought to myself, and I, I really do feel strongly about that, that our military shouldn't just be made up of the, the, the poorest of the nation, the people that have no other choice. You know, you need people that are benefiting from society to yeah. go to. Because you want to, you want to, you want to, you know, you want to, you would, in a perfect world, you're, Military be a representative of your population, but right? it's not right. It's so, totally not. Yeah, you know, so, you, and I, you and I live with those kids, and we were naive. I was naive. I thought everyone was going to be like us going in there, and yeah. then nothing. We're not. Ta- I'm not talking shit about anybody. No. But, but when you and I got there, we quickly realized like, whoa, these pe- a lot of these people are here because they a don't maybe don't have um, the means to help their family. Yep. Or this is their last stop, or like uh, like like Private James Long, he was forced to go yeah. jail or jail the army. <laughs> yeah, jail what do you want to do, Private yeah. Long? Yeah. For running these gun, guns from Tennessee to, across yeah. state lines, like you know, and and that's what we were dealing with. Um, all great, you know, people and kids, but we were, yeah, I think we were a little bit like hey, everyone's gonna be like us, and then we quickly figured out that we were the fucking oddballs again. Yeah. I didn't have a leather jacket in that scenario. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's wearing the same jacket. Well, I was also I, I was also thirty three. Yeah, we were older. I think I was twenty five yeah, or something. Twenty five, yeah. and, and we were around a bunch of kids. 
Right. Um, but I felt strongly about that. And, you know, my business partners were totally cool. They're like, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Come yep. back when you're done. You know, and I went off basic training with yep. you. And, um, you know, there are a variety of reasons that my, my term of service was not nearly as long as I wanted it to. Yeah. Uh, mostly having to do with personal problems in my life that couldn't be got around. Which I totally benefited from. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you had to make phone calls at yeah, night. Yeah, almost every night. It was yeah. awesome. Um, <laughs> You know, and I, and that's one of the great regrets of my life. Yeah. I wish I had, uh, I wish I had finished that commitment right. all the way through. And, uh, that, that will go down as one of my, as one of my regrets, but it's all, it, but it's also hard to know, you know, I, I have that regret but at the same time. I have to wonder, you know, would I have my children if I had been able to do that? Yeah. But I don't, now, you know, I, I love my kids and. I, maybe I'd have different, quote, different kids. You yeah. know, who knows where my life? I could have been killed in that war. Yeah, I know? think we both know that if if it would have went the way that you wanted it to go, mm-hmm. you did probably wouldn't happen. Like that that thing was going going south. I probably wouldn't have got. I probably would not have gotten married. Yeah, it, it was going I south fast. Had kids, right? Yeah. So I have regrets that I didn't do it, but I also love my life, and yep. so it's hard to know what that other path was. I mean, it was you know I was on a. I was on the road to being in a in a tank. That was was yeah. be my M- yeah, you, MOS, and uh, I suspect you know parts of the wars that we've been involved in in the last however many years are not particularly dangerous for tankers, right? But some of them are. Yeah, I mean, um, you can still die. Yeah, and if you're, you know it only takes one IUD. Yep. To to change it all, you know, I could or maybe. IED. <laughs> oh yeah, IUD is a different thing. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want an IED? No, no. One that, yeah. one bad IUD can yeah, change can everything too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 can, can totally fucking right. Stuff. IED. See, yeah. right. I don't have my lingo right. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, it's just like I tell people like all the time, like it's a it, like it's a young man's game. Yeah. Um, not, not necessarily. And I, you know, if, if, if you want to do something more high speed or something like that, you know, you see, um, the effects it can have on a relationship and like in a family and stuff like that. When you're gone and deployed for, you know, six months, nine months, a year, stuff like that, like that, that's not easy on a family. So it's one of those things where, um, you know, you can't, sometimes the opportunities pass by Mm -hmm. and you don't realize it and, you know, it's just kind of one of those things for you, and that's. I don't think it's, it's anything to, to, uh, to, uh, you know, be sad, be pissed off at yourself about, or, or, or you know, that's your choice to have regrets with it because you wanted to do something else. But you know, like honestly, I don't know if it, some, it was in the cards. So, it, it clearly wasn't. Yeah. But, um, you know, that all being said, I would have liked to finish that. Although, although honestly, it's interesting. You and I. Things are very. It's, I think it's easy for people to forget. Like when you and I showed up, we had a. We didn't have an Iraq policy. We were not. No. There was no thought of that anyone was going to Iraq right. or Afghanistan. It was mostly the immediate response was guys standing around the airport with M16s. I mean that was that was I I I uh, I signed up for the National Guard. Yep. So uh, so I could keep working at my regular job. Yeah. So the the thought kind of was domestic defense. Right, that we were all going to be sitting at home, kind of making sure that things were okay on the home front. But it it shortly after that turned into, you know, the Iraq War yep. and and whatever else anyone wants to think about that. That's that's taken, it's taken a lot of lives. It's taken a lot of money, and you know, did that work? I think that's an open question. Yeah, uh, it certainly didn't work great. 
Right. Um, and by the way, we're still there. And, you know, you and I reported to basic training 20 years ago. You know, yeah. this, this is right. the longest war in American history, the one we're in right now. And, you know, those kids we went to basic training with, some of them probably been involved in that war in one way or another for 20 years. That's, that's crazy. Long time. That's a really long time. Well, we have a history of of of, of staying places for a long time, even after we've there. We're still in Germany. We're still in Japan. So you know, we're yeah. still. Some of those make a certain amount of sense. You know, if everyone's right. on board, but but we're you know we're still fighting. Yeah. In Iraq, and uh, you know we're not. Fortunately, we're not fighting in Germany. We're not fighting in Korea. But yeah, we're still fighting there. People still die in those wars, and right. you know it's off the front pages now. It still happens. Yeah, I think that that area or that 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 part of the world will always be in some type of war with somebody. I don't think that's ever going to change. It what, seems that way. Whether it be with us or the Russians or whoever else, like there's, there's just you can't you can't you can't solve that situation over there. So no, but I guess we sure gave it a try. Yeah, but no, you're just, you're just feeding people into the into the grist mill, and uh, you know, do we really want to do that long term? Yeah, I mean, personally, I think it's important for us to police the bad guys. Yeah. So whatever that means, but yeah, we have to we have to make sure they don't get any bigger or they don't come and try and bring the fight here again. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I guess they do on a regular basis and it's thwarted or or it's stopped. But yeah, I think it's it's definitely something that that, that you have to stay active with. But to to the extent we stay active, that's way beyond my understanding of the big picture and everything else that's there. But yeah, I definitely think something's something's needed. I mean, that, that experience in basic training with you, I mean, for me, it made me appreciate who those kids are and, and what they're going through. Cause like I told, like I had buddies after, you know, I had joined and you had joined that were like, Oh man, like I really want to do that. Give back to the country, stuff like that. I'm like, you know what, dude, this isn't for everybody. And, uh, and, and like what you think it is, it isn't. So just, Hold what you got here. Um, you know, maybe maybe throw a little money towards <laughs> towards some type of veteran um, organization or something like that. But you know, don't I don't think you're what 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 you see on the outside for me is not what you think it probably is. And I'm, and I'm not shit talking them or anybody or or my experience. It's like it's it's different. It's a job. Like it's a job and it's commitment and it's not as glamorous as as what you think it would be and it's not fun. And it's not convenient. Um, as you know, you found out it's just not, it's, it's not, I mean, it's, yeah. you're, you're trying to do something, especially if you're a reservist or a national guard guy, it's like, you got a bunch of other shit going on. Like, like I think if you're just straight up active duty, you can focus on that mm-hmm. and that's your job. Right. So, yeah. but like for guys like us, we had other shit going on as well. So I think it's to, you know, stay active and, and, and stay diligent and, 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 and keep everything up to date that you need to keep up to date. Yeah. It's, 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 it's definitely worked. But I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed basic training with you. We got to learn a lot about those kids. I mean, we like I tell people all the time, we we're like fucking the dads, right? Proofreading yeah, right. people's letters sure. and yeah. finding shit out about them. And, you know, and, and I think we got to see um, the good and the bad of all that shit, even with, you know, some of our some of our uh, drill surgeons, stuff like that, like like the willingness some of those guys uh, had to not do the right thing, stuff like that. And I think, you know, that 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 bothered us um, to to a certain extent still bothers me today. Like some of the shit that I saw there and what they were willing to, to, to not actually address or just look yeah, past. They let yeah. it go. Yeah. yeah. And, and oh, I, I remember the guys that didn't have to field March. Yeah. 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 Everybody had to do their great little graduation, 15 mile March or whatever. And they yeah. hit underneath a fucking bed. Yeah. 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 That pissed me off. I was disgusted. 
Well, that's not what they were teaching us, right? No. You get they're they're saying the words, yeah. But then they're not doing the thing. Uh, but, but you know, it's like it's like all jobs at the end of the day. But and and a couple things about that too. Um, I mean, even the basic training that it's more dangerous than people think. Even the basic training itself. Well, people right? die during basic training. They do. Our drill sergeant almost got shot, <laughs> shot, shot in the head by some guy who discharged his. <laughs> You know, like, yeah. when we're running through the, the obstacle course yeah. with the, with the uh, loaded M16s, yeah. I've got an 18-year-old kid behind me right. with the with a M16 that he just got handed two weeks ago. Yeah. You know, is he going to accidentally shoot me in the back of the head? Yeah. I really don't know. Yeah. You because know. The, some of those guys couldn't tie their shoes. And, and you know, here's your M16. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. So when, when it came time to do, I don't, I don't remember, I don't think you were there for whatever reason that day, but... When it came time to run that obstacle course, I grabbed the oldest kid I could find, and we did it together. Cause I ran. I was there that day, but I ran. I don't forget who I ran. It wasn't with you. I mean, you and I were battle buddies, and we were glued to the hip for everything else because because mm-hmm. we fucking had to be. Is that when you almost chopped off your finger with a bayonet? That might have been. It might yeah. have been. Yeah. yeah, that's when. I, no, I made it through the day, and then and then that's when I said, "Hey, I think I need to hey, go." I think my yeah. finger's gonna fall off. Yeah, and they're like, because <laughs> we had gloves on and no one could see. Yeah, and I was like, I, I know if I don't fucking get through this. Thing, they're gonna, I'm gonna have to either get recycled or not do it again. So I just sucked it up and ran that course. And then I was like, "Yep." And then I took my glove off. I was like, "Yeah." And that's this fucked up finger yeah. still or whatever. So but. that's the thing too. You, you one misstep. Yeah. They recycle you. Or you're out, right? Or like, you're out. Some the, people would probably would have welcomed that, but one misstep that, and you get pushed back. Suddenly you lose all the people you were training with, which yep. no one wanted to do. You know, whatever group of fuck ups we might have had. They were at least the fuck ups you were used to. Yeah. Um, well, you, you. I mean, and people get recycled in military schools all like, like all the time. Like, like the kids I felt bad for was the one that blew out his his knee and he was gone. Yeah. Remember the one Mexican kid that the uh, drill sergeant Gills made held the AT four out because he oh, insulted right. his wife. I'm yeah. like, you're into retard. Yeah. <laughs> Not real bright. This is gonna be ugly. What happens to you? But yeah, he was gone. Fucking two or three days. Like, oh yeah, he's gone. Like yep. they're 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 not gonna keep you around for sure. So mm-hmm. but yeah, I no, I like I said there's there's lots of things in there and during that little time that we spent together that that I'll cherish and and, and I'll never forget. But yeah, it, it's it's definitely one of those things where where I get it, dude. Like you're a finisher and you definitely wanted to finish it and you couldn't, so things got cut short and that's it's just fucking that's how it is. Well, I learned a lot, even basic training. I mean, if, if it were left to me, and I know this is never going to happen, yeah, I would be very tempted to send every able-bodied American just to basic training. For oh a yeah, few months. Yeah, just have them do that. Not, even nothing past that. Yep. But just learn the things. You yep. Know? Learn the lessons you learn there. You can't hurt to have a, a, a populace that's knowledgeable about how firearms work mm-hmm. because what we have right now is is a little bit scattershot. Right. You know, anyone can own a gun without having any training whatsoever. And it made me respect. I'm not a gun guy, yeah. really, but I, I can fire an M16 and right. I know how to use it and I know not what not to do with it. Right. And at least have the respect for it. Right. I don't own one. Did you shoot guns or anything like that when you were a kid growing up? Not really. Never experienced they that? They were never really around my house. Never on the ranch? You guys weren't shooting coyotes and shit out there with rifles? You know, we'd shoot skeet okay. with a with a 20-gauge shotgun. Gotcha. Totally be, different ball game. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. Right. But, um, and I've fired handguns, and that's fine. Right. Um, but we probably don't need to get into my personal feeling about all that, but, you know, there's a lot of handguns in the U.S. and probably a lot of assault rifles that perhaps everyone doesn't need. Yeah. So I would I would feel better if people... Received some modicum of training, and I, I I learned a lot from three months of basic training. 
Yep. A whole lot about people, about myself, about what I could do, what about I the country, do, about the country, about you know, about uh, people from other places. You know, that, that kid, uh, I, Daniel's private Daniel's from uh, Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? He's the awesome. Kid's just freezing his ass off out there in the woods because <laughs> he'd never been out of Miami. Yeah. And, and he was a cool kid. I liked it. Awesome, dude. I liked awesome. a lot of those kids. Heavy cocoa butter every night. Oh god, <laughs> that guy was loosening up. Rub that shit out every night. I remember. You know, just watching their interpersonal relationships with their girlfriends at home and yeah. just remembering that whole mess and glad I wasn't. You and I had fun because we were a little bit older. So, like, like we picked up quickly that everyone's a fucking actor or every, every single drill sergeant is an actor. Well, yeah, and the, yeah, the drill sergeants kind of would give us a wink and a nod, too. Yeah, because we were older and, and yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. I got to I gotta tell the story, too, because this makes me laugh every time I think. It's about you, though. Cause, right, that's so, okay. Yeah. Remember, uh, so I don't know which story you're going to tell. I'm sure but. you remember, but... Uh, but when, um, so we show up to basic training and we're in our, our little classroom and, uh, the drill sergeants are, are, are swinging their dicks around to make sure that no one's, uh, no one's going to, you know, going to challenge them or anything. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. And the guys, drill sergeant Gill is like, all right, okay. So anyone who wants to go in the weight room right now and try to outlift me, and now's I didn't, the time. I didn't volunteer for <laughs> he this. He didn't volunteer, but yeah. I, did he call you out? Yeah, he's like, uh, you, like, yeah. Yeah, that was, that, was his, that was his fatal mistake with you. Oh, I grabbed you too, huh? I forget. I, I, uh, I, I don't think so, because I, I stay in the room. Okay. But you guys go, and it was like the first day, right? Yeah, they're going to, yeah. they're gonna, you know, no one can outrun me. No one can outlive me, whatever. Yeah. And so you and he disappear into the, into the weight room. Yeah, they're janky ass weight room, <laughs> yeah. And are gone from some, from some, and I assume you guys did bench press. Is that what happened? Well, so, so the story is that we go in there, it's like the shittiest like weight room ever with like Joe Weeder fucking weights and he loads <laughs> everything on the fucking bench that he possibly can. It's, I don't know. It's, it's not a lot. It's not like 500 pounds. It's 200 some pounds or something like that. Yeah. And he says, and he says, we're going to lift this and we're going to see who's stronger. So. Uh, he goes first, dumb move on 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 his choice. So he goes and he does whatever, and then I go in there and I just I do one more than he does, and then I rack it. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go in there and I'll let you pick the story up. From there. So so they come back in our little classroom, right? And and uh, the war dogs, we're the war, the war dogs. dogs, yeah. And uh, and everyone wants to know how that went, right? Yeah. And 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 the dr- all drill sergeants are like, he did all right, he did all right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was clear from his answer that he had not won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he put me on the spot if I remember right, and he said he said who. On primary, I said it was not me, Joe. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but it clearly was, and yeah, I, I can tell. Like, like, I'm not saying a fucking word. So, I, I tell you what, Drill Sergeant Gillis said to me that first day. No, so we're all in that classroom the first full day we're in there. Uh-huh. All right, he comes over to my he singles me out, he comes over to my desk in this room full of soldiers, and he's like, Hey, uh, I know you're a Harvard graduate. <laughs> And I know you're officer candidate school. Right. I'm going to fuck with your life. <laughs> That's all he said. And then he made me platoon guide. Right. Oh, yeah. I and remember. So I could yeah. be uh, extensively punished for the first two weeks. Yeah. Remember the approximates? Yeah. The approximate. How yes. many soldiers here? Approximately 51, sir. Yeah. And that didn't I got, go over very yeah, well. Yeah. I got read out. Yeah. About, yeah. I, I think his exact words were, I didn't go to Harvard, but where I came from, the Billy Billy Graham school of whatever, yeah. I never learned approximates. Yeah, no approximates. <laughs> it's like, you're so you're either missing fucking two or you're missing fucking three. There's no, I'm approximately have this many people reported to duty, sir. Yeah. And yeah. what if you're in a war? Are you going to yeah. tell me you don't know where your soldiers are? And start pushing. And oh, I'm yeah. doing push-ups and I'm getting a lecture and... Yeah, I think we got pulled out of line often to be ridiculed because of where we came from and what we had already established in, in life and our careers and everything else like that. Because I remember pull, them pulling oh, us yeah. out of the chow line. Oh, and, yeah. yeah what, tell them what they do. Tell them how much money you make. And yeah, 
Remember when the whole fucking pay thing got all fucked up? I uh, do you remember that. <laughs> well, I remember what Drill Sergeant Gillis said. He's sitting there with the other drill sergeants, and he calls me over. And, of course, you have to go to you because you oh, yeah. do. And, and, and he, this is exact quote from him. Private Stowers, come over here and tell the other drill sergeants how goddamn stupid you are. Because <laughs> he's like, tell, tell him you have a fiancé. I'm like, I have a fiancé. Tell, yeah. tell him how much you make. And I tell him how much you make. Like, God damn, that stupid private. <laughs> just, just nonstop. I think they liked it, though. They liked us for sure. So. I mean, I don't well, I knew that we weren't going to, you know, do anything too stupid. Take it to heart. I mean, you know, d- d- were my feelings ever hurt because of that? No. Well, yeah, and some of those kids were crying and they're fucking besides themselves and yeah. probably, probably like their first semester at Harvard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of crying and, dry, and riding <laughs> on the subway and yeah. dropping out and all yeah. sorts of shit like that. Yeah, very similar. So, but no, that was, that was a good experience for me. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. And then you came back and adjusted from there and then just kept rolling on, right? Yeah, I mean, I you know I had some personal stuff going my life, and I you know I had a marriage that did not work out for a variety of reasons, and, right. and then uh, but I'm married again, and that's excellent. I have two great kids, and uh, you know they like their uncle Brandon quite a bit, and Dude, uh, I love those little girls too for sure. Yeah, so you know it's uh it's worked out real well for me. Yeah, you know I mean it's it's you know, 28 years at one job, one company. Uh, sometimes, well, know, it's unheard of. Nowadays, it is. I guess it. Yeah, it's weirdly. My family, it's not all that unheard of. My dad worked at his job for twenty five years before he passed away. And but I think in that generation, like it was a little more. That was common. Yeah, yeah. Most guys worked, you know, for the same company for a long time. Yeah. And then so did you. When? How old were you when when your dad passed away? I was twenty seven. And that had a profound impact on you, like like it should for anybody, right? Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't ready for that. That's when you went on another long drive, if I remember right. I did correct. take a long drive. I, I worked for a couple months after that, and it helped me take my mind off it. But then, uh, you know, I guess I think people nowadays would call that a walkabout. Yeah. So I just crocodile Dundee would for sure. He definitely would. Yeah, he would. And uh, so I took a big knife and and. Uh, <laughs> but what I actually did was I. Did I, you drive to fucking Alaska? Yeah, I did. I drove. Yeah. Uh, I got my pickup truck and. Uh, my my dad had been a number of places that I wanted to see again, or or hadn't seen. I had not seen the house that they lived in in Fairbanks when I was conceived, for whatever you know. What I never lived in that house right. that they lived in Fairbanks before I was born, and I kind of wanted to see where he had been, and I thought that'd be a, a chance to clear my head. So I didn't take a motorcycle this time. I just loaded up my pickup truck and uh, I picked places uh, largely out west that I know he had been either by himself or places that he and I had been to the, uh, the dude ranch mm-hmm. in Montana that yep. we'd gone to together. Um, 63 ranch. Cool place. 63 ranch. I went back to the ranch that I had worked in, in Wyoming as well. I whipped through there cause he had been there with me and I went up to where he lived in Alaska with my mom and, uh, and I kept a journal cause yep. I thought that was important. And, uh, oh my God, I think it was something crazy, like 40 days, 45 days, so I just needed to get out of my head. And once again, before cell phones, and uh, yeah, you're off the grid. Yeah, I call in. I call my mom once a week. Check from in from a payphone because yeah. that's you know, <laughs> and, and, and I call my voicemail, right. my personal voicemail, to see if anyone had a message for me or anything I needed to worry about back home. But I think okay. everyone's pretty respectful of the fact that I, I needed that time to. Yeah, and the company supported it, right? Yeah, they said, "Hey, take a take a leave of absence." You know, we understand. Get your head. My company has been so. Uh, indulgent on the stuff I wanted to do 
they've just been great, you know, basically, oh, yeah, go to, oh, you joined the army? Oh, great. Hey, cool. yeah. We're right behind you. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh, your dad died? You want to just fuck around for six weeks and <laughs> drive up to Alaska? Uh, sure. Okay. We'll see you when you get back. Um, you know, I can't thank those, all those people enough for, for their unflagging support. They've done it for other people too, but it feels like they've done it for me probably one extra time than everybody else. Fuck, that's what you get from a Harvard guy, huh? You just get like, yeah, hey. they're all <laughs> fucked up. They, you know, they had four years of, of uh, educational torture. So yeah. now, once they get out, they're a little yeah. dodgy emotionally. It takes them 30 years to get it right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. That. And we finally got Stowers where we want him. <laughs> yeah. Better. Oh, it needs to go again. Yeah. That journey just more to kind of heal, obviously. Yeah, uh, it was nothing more than that. I just needed to, I just needed to think about it. Yeah. You know, listen to some music on the radio, clear my head. Like I said, write it down. I still have those journals somewhere. It's probably the only journals I've ever kept. Yeah. You ever and it's it's full of fucking bullshit, too. I've read it. Not, I mean, it's not bullshit, but it's just really emotional stuff. It's emotional you know, time, man. It is, but it's, and it's certainly not, it's not profound in any way. For you, it is, though. Yeah. It's just like vomiting it out. You yeah. Know? I just needed to get it all out. Yeah. I needed to take some time where I wasn't thinking about work or wasn't thinking about, uh, you know, and the people in my life, I just needed some time for myself. And I think it was, I came back ready to go and centered. And yeah. I got, I had got my mind around it, you know, and you know, I don't really think about it much today. I may think about my father every now and again, yeah, but I'm sure. I certainly don't, you know, it's not every day and it's not something that, you know, was, was a crushing sadness like it was after that. So you buried I, it. Yeah. I could have, I could have worked it out over three to five years and kept working or I could have taken six weeks and really worked it out. Right. And and anyone I know who I work with that wanted to do that too, if they had to, I would encourage them to do it. You know, we don't sometimes get a little too worried about, you know, I don't remember any of the projects I was working on when I left. You know, I'm sure they seemed important at the time, projects at work. Yeah. But I don't remember what they are. So clearly they weren't super important. No. And clearly someone else could do them while I was gone. Absolutely. And I was happy to pick them up when I returned. But, you know, it was much more important as you know, it's one of the touch points, the touchstones of my life, things I had to do, you know, what ranch in Wyoming had to do that, had to get my head straight, you know, walk about after my dad died, had to happen. And I think that's what's kept me centered. So I could just, I didn't bury all that shit, have it fuck up my interpersonal relationships down the road. Well, no. And that's, that's an important thing to realize. Like the, the I think when we talk about all, all the time, like there's a hole that, that gets dug when shit like that happens. And if you don't fill that hole with the right stuff, that hole just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until it fucks up whatever it's going to fuck up. Yeah. You know, your child, you know, your children, your, your, your marriage, your friendships, your work stuff or whatever. And I think that's like your broadband and then you are unique in the fact that maybe they fucking like they're it dude every time you talk uh, we talk about your company it seems like they're a big company you know multi multi-million dollar company or whatever but they don't have that corporate like mentality where it's like it it, it feels more like somehow you guys have 100 plus employees you, they have figured out to somehow still create that family environment somehow yeah. some way like I don't know how like 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 how you guys did it and it's interesting to hear but like 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 obviously they've supported that along the whole way. So I, I, I don't know if it's more complicated than just listening to what people say to you. You know, I have people come into my office uh, with a certain amount of frequency and cry about something. And you know, there's a couple ways to handle that, but the really easy way to handle that is, hey, I'm really sorry that's happening in your life, and I will do whatever I can to help you 
during this difficult time. If you can say those words and mean them, then. But you guys mean them like you well, guys, you go, back them with the action for you. If you yeah. if you back them up when they're when they have that going on, and there's no one in our company that's so irreplaceable that we can't do without them for a little bit, or they need to have time off. We we can always work it out. Right. It's not convenient sometimes, but that's it doesn't matter. It's not convenient. It can be worked out. Right. So we we try real hard to mean it. I I know, you know, I I do feel that way. Right. Uh, you know, every once in a while, I have someone come to me with a problem. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking. This is stupid. This isn't really <laughs> as much of a problem as I think this person thinks it is. But right. their feelings about it matter. Whether yeah. it's whether it's super important in the overall scheme of things or not, perhaps it is important. But they are feeling that way at that moment. And it's pretty easy to just try to empathize with them. Uh, and sometimes they come to a realization themselves it's not important. Or sometimes it becomes more important and they need to do something. Right. And uh, I, I think you're right. I, I, it's weird for me because I've worked for other companies. Right. So I have no idea uh, how rare that is. It I, is. I maybe. I really don't. It know. is. I, I I like. I I've heard of a couple other companies, and I hope that it happens more often than ours. Um, but I do know that the opposite happens quite a bit too. And I think that's a shame. That's why I've kind of been locked into this job for. Well, I was going to say like like all the stuff that they've helped and backed you with it creates loyalty right there. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Or where it's like you're not going to go and, and jump ship because someone offered you another $20,000 somewhere. It's like, nah, like when shit was bad, you know, when, when I wasn't at my best, yeah, these guys were there for me. Yeah. And that, I feel that way. I feel loyal. Yeah. To that company quite a bit. Well, loyalty is a big thing and where I come from and where you come from and we don't like, we don't take that shit lightly. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, we're, we're going to be like, we're going to stick with you as, as long as you stick with us. Yeah. So but. we work, work some people through some, Hard times, some drug addictions, stuff like that. Sent them to treatment, right? Brought them back, and sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But you guys are willing to make the effort. Yeah, well, and, I, yeah. I mean, wh- why wouldn't we? We've invested a lot in, of time, energy, and and care into people, right? And like I said, since I get to make almost all the hiring decisions, I've surrounded myself with people I truly like. Right. Which I, you know, if I I try not to hire the assholes, it's pretty easy to see coming. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Sometimes they're yeah. Sometimes they get you. Yeah. Yeah. Every <laughs> once in a while, I want to fucking sneak by you. Because, yeah. Because, God, God. Did I hire an asshole? Yeah. Because I, I think, think I'm, I I'm a pretty good judge of character when it comes to people. I'm like motherfucker. That yeah. one got me. That's They'll self destruct eventually, though. Yeah. You just no. gotta wait. You can only hide for so long, right? Yeah. Like you can't. Like your true person personality yeah. will eventually come out, and yeah. they're like, "Gotcha, bitch." And then yeah, and then like yeah. then it's it time. took four months. Yeah, four months. But now, oh, I see what's yeah. happening here it's now. Slow, slowly going along. Do you counsel those people, or just once you know they're fucking gone? It kind of depends on it, it, some of that stuff will spread. So you know, sometimes you have to just you know take it out at the beginning. It's gotta we, be hard we, there's, and fast. There's been a few times that we've had to hire mul- or fire multiple staff people. That clearly was the result of one becoming disengr- uh, disenchanted, yeah. disgruntled. Yep. Use all my dis words. Yeah. And uh, all those big Harvard words. All the big Harvard yeah. words. And then anybody uh, will look them up later. Yeah. If you don't know what those yeah. means, I could use some more if you'd like. And um, <laughs> oh, I know. But then, but sometimes it'll spread, right? And then, and then you've got three, and I mean, we let three guys go. 
one day just because it, it had been one guy and then it spread to a couple others. And the one guy's wife still worked for us. And we're like, hey, do you still want to work for us? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. We fired her husband. And she right. kept working for us. But she's like, I know how much of a dummy he is. So yeah, I'm, totally, yeah. <laughs> I'm, totally, I'm totally okay with it. I, I've been waiting for you to fucking fire him. <laughs> but if this gives you any indication of, of you know well, that we were right, I mean, that, that night, two of the guys we fired went across the street, went to the bar, got all drunk. And they came back, and, and, and one of them shit in a five-gallon bucket in the back of one of our pickup trucks. And uh-huh. I'm like... There's something wrong with that? What, what? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of felt like there was. That, 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 that's weird. Oh, it kind of proved the point, right? Yeah. Oh, oh you're, you're a shit in the bucket because you're upset guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We can't, we can't yeah. keep that guy. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, we can't keep the shit in the bucket guy. They sound like kids. They're, they're in, and they large in large part were. Yeah, sound like kids, and they probably brought that to the office, and all the other bullshit that comes along with not having the emotional intelligence to work through whatever the fuck's getting, you know, get getting worked through. Yeah, and we don't, and fortunately we don't have to put up with all that because, like I said, it spreads too. If you let it go too long, yeah, you could you could take your whole office down if you do it exactly wrong. I've seen it uh, happen in 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 the fire department and in the military and stuff like that. It's like, and and I think in public safety since we're union driven, it's worse. Mm-hmm. It's like just cut a motherfucker. Like yeah. sometimes you got to shoot a hostage, right? So it's yeah. like, hey, you got to, yeah. <laughs> sometimes, that's our other motto. It's on our website. That's it. Yeah. Sometimes you got to shoot a hostage. <laughs> Figure it the fuck out, and sometimes you got to shoot a hostage. <laughs> that's it. Those well, are our marketing team is going to be so pleased yeah, with I'm, the uh, I, results of this. I think I might put in an application. <laughs> yeah, I think you should. I think it's going to fit in well. Well, what's next for you? What's next for broadband? What's Brent? What's next? Oh, total world domination. Yeah. Or I'm going to get fed up and go do something else. It's, yeah. It's the it's the wide <laughs> it's the it's the widest range of of outcomes. Uh, I don't know, Brent. I you know I'm 51 now, and uh, you know when you when you get to that age, you start thinking about you know really, you know what what the second half or second or third third of your life is going to look like. Yeah. And uh, you know, not real sure. I do enjoy my job. And uh, like I said, I have a lot of latitude about the people I work with. And so as long as I have that, I'll probably stick around for a while. But you've got to make make way for other people as well. I'm right. cognizant of that. And I hope that the day that I'm not contributing uh, in proportion to my compensation, that I will start wrapping it up. Yeah, you figure something else out. Yeah. And we've had some guys in my company do that very thing. They just start, you know, dialing it back, dialing it back, selling shares, dialing it back. And I think that's really the graceful way. To go, we got a guy in my office right now who I love, Lonnie Roy. He's just the, one of the best dudes ever, and he's been with our company for 25 years now. I want to say, and you know, he, he went back to 30 hours last year. He's going to do 20 this year. He's helping the transition. One day he just won't show up, and we'll miss him. But you know, he'll done. He gave it all. Right. You know, he he didn't. You know, he helped us out, and he can. You know, we'll remember. We'll give him a gold watch and remember him fondly. Just time for something else. Yeah, and I, I assume I'm going to hit that tipping point. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm, 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 uh, maybe just because of where I came from, where I've been, or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm wrapping up my career, you know, my career as well. I mean, in the next five or six years, or whatever, and I'm just ready for the next thing, right? It's yeah. not that it's not that it's bad or, uh, you know, I'm unhappy with anything. It's just like what's what's next for? I think guys like you and I were. We're blessed and we're cursed with the motivation and drive to learn and do other things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, that's part of our success and that's part of our, our curse too, right? That we're, we're not necessarily going to be somewhere forever. And I think you uh, have staying power. Obviously, you've shown it for 28 years being, being in, in the arena that you're in. But, 
just, you know, sometimes it's just time to do something else. Yeah, what was the, I think you were telling me a quote last night about Oh, like the Greeks, you know. The like, Greeks, yeah. Time to live your next life. Yeah, I mean, they say, and I believe it, that we live multiple lives. Like, you know, you were a student, and then you're, you know, you're this and that, and military guy, and, and, and a businessman, and stuff like that, and you just kind of don't know what's next. And we're, I mean, we're obviously fortunate enough to have, um, you know, the financial means, um, the, um, the ability to, the health and 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 the mental well-being to go out and achieve pretty much with with whatever we want just because you know you have a b plus uh average at harvard that puts you probably in the top fucking five percent of the of 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 the country in wait just just five yeah i'd say yeah i'd say five (laughs) yeah for sure i'll take five (laughs) yeah i'd say five for sure no but but yeah i mean in in that little seven thousand people world you you seem small but in the grand scheme of things your your ability to get shit done with your work ethic is probably fucking you know 99.9 percent uh of better than everybody else's there's some of that i I have to admit too i've had a lot of luck in my life too i mean there there's Luck's bullshit. It's opportunity uh, yeah, being prepared. There's a little bit too, but I, <laughs> I, I will say objectively, you know, you can you can get through this through this life in this country as a, as a white male with considerably more ease than a lot of other people. There's there's no question about it. I, yeah. You know, I, I really get pissed off when I hear people in similar situations to me to tell me they're a self-made man and they did it all themselves. Right. It's it, it's not true ever. There's always other people. There's always circumstances. Why do you think it's easier for for, for a white male? Just because that it's all set up for you. It really yeah. is. You, uh, you know, if if you were, if you were born of moderate means as a white male in the in the U.S. Uh, and you have the the slightest bit of ambition, you'll you'll be you'll be good. And I and yeah. I and I don't think that happens for all populations for sure. I don't know that it happens for for women, some minorities, and so I try to be cognizant of that as well because I am really, you call it what, what you want, but I I do feel lucky. I've yeah. had a lot of luck. A lot of things have broken my way. If my worst four years of my life were going to the premier Ivy League college in the country, yeah, it, that says a lot for how lucky I am. Right? You know, that, oh, that's my that's my sad spot. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> yeah. I didn't like four college. Years. Sometimes yeah. I didn't like my Ivy League college. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Sometimes my <laughs> sometimes my oldest son tries to give me the okay boomer. I'm like, I am not a boomer for starters. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's just you know. I feel really lucky, and, and and as you know, I have a you know I have a, a transgender son. Yeah, and uh, and and I think that roads uh, it's a little bit more difficult for him than than if he would just you know had had not felt differently and had gone through life as a as a woman or a girl yep. or a woman, but uh, but he's taken it on, and I, I respect him for it. Yep, uh, I just think it's gonna be harder. It's gonna be harder for him. Absolutely, gonna be harder, right? Yeah, yeah, and, I, and so I worry yeah. about that. But at the same time, you know, I'm I'm, I'm wholeheartedly behind him. And he's a he's a fighter, right? So I I you know as long as he doesn't get himself in over his head because he will fight about it too. He will he will dig in, and I and I fear the day that he digs in at the wrong time with the right. wrong people. Um, but you know I didn't have to go through that. I am a heterosexual white male in the U.S. of A. and it's it's a pretty sweet place to be. Yeah, and I I mean I like I'd say anybody that was born in this country is fucking lucky. Yeah. No, so that's true. I, I, oh, there's a ton of opportunity here. And, yeah. And you're absolutely right. It's certainly yeah. better than being a minority in, in a lot of other places. Right. For sure. Because it is there for the taking. And I'm not I'm not saying that some people just can't make it based on all that. Right. Um, I mean, you know, 
you're you're an excellent uh, example of growing up super poor. You know, I, yeah. I know right. you, and I listen to the podcast. Right. Um, but you know, this this is the land of opportunity. Absolutely. We, we don't. We shouldn't forget that this is the land of opportunity, and almost anyone can make it uh, if they try hard enough. How is being the parent of a transgender child, like how, how, how is that on you? Like you guys, I, cause we talked, we've talked about it a lot and, mm-hmm. and we've, 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 uh, I, I'm confused at times with it. Like I told you, I'm like, man, this shit seems a lot more, it just seems so complicated, but like, uh, do you just support them, back them up? Yeah. Them, you know? I, I get confused about it too. There's a lot of lingo. There's a <laughs> yeah, lot of lingo and, and it, and it, and it does get confusing, but, you know, from from my standpoint, um, I mean, he was a lot happier when he finally sat me down and told me. Right. You know, he's been he's been he was a lot happier that day. He's been a lot happier ever since, and he's living his truth. And and what what it was a practical matter. What are my other options? You know, well, talk talk, uh, talk him out of it. Yeah. I mean, hey, are you sure? There's a lot of other options. He's right? he's sure. Right. Um. And and I know this is a much harder road to travel. Um. But I will, you know, I will defend his right to do that to the bitter end. And I tell you that uh, if anyone, if I ever happen to be standing there and someone decides to make a federal case up in front of me. Yeah, heaven help It's going to be over. Yeah. I'm going to be real pissed off. And I'm yeah. not, uh, you know, I, I, as you know, I've never been in a fight in my life. Right. And, uh, it's mostly because I'm not equipped <laughs> for such things. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, that it's unacceptable. You know, people need to leave my kids alone. They're not... They're, and they're really good kids. They are really good kids. They are, they're well they are, adjusted. They have great manners. Like they're respectful. Well, at least around me. I don't know. They, they, well, they know. They, they're scared to death of Uncle Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Is that Uncle Brandon? Hey, Uncle Brandon. Nice to see you. Hey, come over for a hug. <laughs> yeah. so, hey, Uncle Brandon's not going to hurt me. No, he's and, not going to hurt you. And it's good um, with 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 your other daughter. Like like how does she? Oh, she's, she's his okay biggest advocate. She's correcting my gender pronouns all the time. I really? get it wrong, and she'll be like, "He." I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> yes. I know." Yes. Yeah, she's policing. She's policing all of us. She's policing all of the parents around her, uh, and she's totally cool with it. She's she is uh, she's loyal. She's the the ride or die little sister. That's good for sure. But also, uh, her older brother has has gone to bat for her a couple of times. He's good. he's uh, you so pounded a couple of kids that uh, <laughs> when he was when he was. Uh, quote still a girl yeah he got in a couple fights when someone got after his uh good younger sister and i don't think so. that's gonna change you do not mess with ruby when yeah. charlie's standing there he yeah will. and how do you mess with ruby anyway she's like the like most adorable cutest I, like especially at that age yeah because she probably had to be four years old or something when that went down or something you know it was just like a the one instance i could think of was just a it was a rambunctious older boy right. didn't, didn't mean it he, he they were playing around and a like a table fell on her something gotcha. she started crying and all Charlie saw was Ruby crying, and that kid caused it, and she went in swing. And I was like, I had no, I had no idea where that comes from. There's some whoop ass. Well, she, I think it comes from her mom a little bit. Yeah, it might be, yeah, it could be. Yeah. yeah, you're probably right. I know her mom. Yeah, yeah her yeah. mom's really scrappy. Her mom's not going back. Yeah, but it was, but it wasn't even. That's not a talk. I mean, that's not a behavior he learned. That you can no. tell that's in his head because I've seen him snap. Yeah, he used to play soccer too, and there were a couple times that if the other kids were really hard on him or something like that, right. man, he'd snap. And I'd have to take him to the side and hold him and be like, hey, we're just playing soccer here. Bullshit. You, don't need, to, you don't need to start swinging, you know? <laughs> uh, and, and okay, okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I've never seen that side. 
for sure. It doesn't happen very often, but it, it's all, it always scares me a little bit when it does because I'm not. So any negative or yeah, I'm sure people, I'm sure there's positive things that, you know, that have been said about mm-hmm. how you guys are handling it, but any negative stuff that you guys had to kind of, you know, tell people you better back the fuck off or. You know, he's pretty insulated. He goes yeah. to an art school and man, it is, it is, I can't, and this is, the, uh, keep in mind that I'm fully behind this movement and everything, but I can't tell which kids are which at his high school. There's, there's really? some obvious, some obvious girls. And there's some obvious boys and there's this wide range in the middle that is, is sort of uh, not easy to tell. And, and I, that's fine with me. I, it doesn't, doesn't even have any bearing on my life at all. It really yeah, doesn't. Well, I you're respect, not a judgmental person. No, I respect and, all these kids. And, hey, you be who you are. I, I am really fascinated and curious to see how it all shakes out because right now everyone's trying everything out. Right. And I, I don't think all of it will take, and that's not to to talk about it. Uh, the judgment or, or sincerity of any individual kid, but can can that many kids really be transgender? I'm confident Charlie is. Right. I, I, it's been a number of years now, and at the beginning, I might have wondered if it was something that was a phase or was something yeah. popular. Something he's got. I don't think that at all. I think he's very sincere, which doesn't mean that he couldn't change his mind tomorrow. I'll support him no matter what. Right. I don't think that's happening. Um, but it seems like you don't give a shit either way. I don't give a shit. I yeah. love that kid, and yeah. he's a good kid, and yeah. he's adding to the to the beauty of the world. He, he sincerely does. He's an incredible artist, uh, really kind to everybody, and I think I think he does get shit that I don't hear about. Oh, I'm sure, but yeah. he uh, sure. he he shrugs it off, and yeah. uh, he also takes martial arts too. So if it you know <laughs> if it, the rubber really hits the road, yeah, you know, and that's why you know, and I'm we didn't start him for that reason. Right, that's one of the reasons I feel strongly he should stay in it because someday. Yeah, he might have might to have to use that. But at yeah. least there's more people around. You know, Las Vegas too is a is a very accepting. Yeah, there's so many artists and people For on sure. the strip, and and uh, you know, I, I I as you mentioned, I'm the chairman of the board of a theater company yep. in my off time. So you know, I'm around all sorts of people all the time. And so is he. So he's got a good community around him. He he can't. Sometimes his mom takes him back to Pennsylvania. And that's harder for everyone when that happens because I, my former wife is, is from a small town yep. in uh, Pennsylvania and by her own admission, it's kind of a hillbilly town and that's, that doesn't really play that well there. And, uh, and Charlie's not gonna, he's not gonna play the game. He's not going to pretend. Right. So he'll, he'll, he'll insist that he could be called he and, you know, it causes some problems for his mom, which I, I my heart goes out to her for that because she's, she's trapped between you know everyone on my side of the family, my my aunt was a sex therapist at Indiana University and was you know and was aware of these issues long before, you know twenty twenty when it's a little more prevalent. Hmm. Prevalent, yeah. Harvard words. Um, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> you know so she's she your uh, my son Charlie's pretty pretty lucky in that respect because right. people around him are 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 on board. We'll defend it. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't know why, why anybody would. It's not you're not fucking harming anybody else, or why is you're, you're like, really not. So why is it fucking matter it's, to you? I, why it's threatening to people? I, I don't, one hundred percent know. I, I can, I can recall being approached by gay men when I was a kid right. who came on a little strong. Right. I don't really care for that. Yeah. Um. So, but I'm not a big fan of sexual aggression from any Anything. gender. Yeah. Um. Uh, so that would turn me off. But Charlie's not like that at all. So I, I confess I don't get it. I it's I think it's people are scared of things they don't understand. 
even though it doesn't affect them their lives. Yeah, I, I don't know where that comes from either because, like, I don't fucking understand it, and that's okay for me not to understand it, but I'm like, it doesn't fucking bother me. It doesn't scare me. It, like, doesn't... It, I don't even... It doesn't... When I'm around Charlie or whatever, it's just... It's, I, I, I feel the same way about him or her or whatever in the hell you want to define it as. Like, it's the same. It doesn't matter to me, and nor will it ever change for me. Yeah. You know, you're either I, a dickhead or you're not in my world. Yeah. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't really change my uh, my life one way or another. Yeah. Except to say that I need to keep an eye on him to make sure that he's okay. Yeah. Because there are people out there that feel strongly about it. And I think it's smart for you to, 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 to be able to set him up to defend himself. And if, 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 if he is in, ever in a situation where he does need to defend himself, that he's well equipped to be able to do that. Um, you know, you need to be able to teach him how to like how to stand his ground. But obviously, and this is you're, you're the parent, not me. But sometimes you got to cut and run too. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and that's my concern that you you know he can. Yeah, you know, I, I want to make sure he can feel a room. I, I say I've yeah. never been in a fight, and I haven't. And one of the reasons for that, I'm pretty sure, is yeah, I had to fight all your fights in basic training. Jesus. Yeah, yeah and I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks, because uh, yeah, I would have got my ass kicked probably a couple times. But I had Brandon with me, and and uh, so thank you. I, I sincerely appreciate that. But but I can also tell I have buddies that have been in fights and bars, and, and inevitably, um, you know, I can tell when it's going south. I can tell when everything's getting wrong. Oh, I'll yeah. just leave, man. I'll yeah. just leave. I, I, what, there's, I can't You're smarter than me that way. I'm like, oh, let's watch this for a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind <laughs> of fun from a distance. So you don't yeah. want to get sucked into <laughs> right. it, yeah. right? Yeah, like I'm I, not leaving. I'm gonna watch this shit for sure. I can't tell you how many fights I miss from leaving early, and I, and yeah, I, 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 I'm so happy that's true. That, that's I why you went to Harvard. I went to ASU. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Got a little bit of edge on me. A little bit smarter. Exactly. A little bit, a little bit smarter. That's like that book. I don't, I don't know if you ever. I I, re, I recommend it to that left a bang book I was telling you about to read. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, that's what it's all about. Just fucking read people and i think that'd be a good book for charlie too yeah because i know that kid can consume some fucking books he'll read some damn books oh yeah i remember back uh when he was five or whatever and i was weird him and i were hanging out bullshit or whatever and and uh, and i i was asking what he's reading and it was it was it was it was it was i'll always know charlie by char so that's it you know so i was like you know figuring out what 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 she's reading And, and she's like oh i'm reading this book and sometimes i stay up late at night and and I, and I read books. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, how late do you stay? I'm like, well, sometimes I'm up till midnight or like 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, your dad doesn't know the trip? He's like, well, yeah, I think sometimes he does. And, and he, I can hear him get up. But then I turn the light off and I go into the car and I act like I'm sleeping. And then after he leaves, I get – I I uh I, I turn my light back on. I continue to read whatever fucking book yeah. I'm reading. Yeah. So I've ever told you this before. I'm like, yeah, if that's your biggest fucking yeah, problem, you can't hide that way. Yeah. God damn it. Stop <laughs> yeah. reading and go right. to bed. I was like, yeah, wow. It, that's a yeah. If that's the worst problem I'm dealing with in a given day. Well, then I I remember he must have been three or four or whatever, and uh, I I watched him put together a puzzle by fucking straight up memory, like over and over and over again. Not like I'm I'm not like I'm fumble fucking around with oh yeah this piece fits here this piece fits there. But I literally watched him fucking just go. And it was a big puzzle. It wasn't an easy puzzle. Uh, matter of fact, I tried it and I fucked it up. But then, and, and he's like, "Here, stupid, let me show you how to do this." But like young age, like it was able to just do it, like boom, boom, boom. I'm like, "Holy fuck, this kid is!" And he started reading at what age? Two. Yeah, started reading at two, and then started reading big books at like five or something, right? Always, always. And, yeah. the, and the and the scary thing too is, and she doesn't get as much press, but his younger sister. She's bright too. Ruby? Oh yeah. Yeah. She's cute as hell and I get it. Yeah. But she there's there is a brain under there that is always turning. For better or for worse, 
it's churning too. And she is bright. And I think some people want to kind of put her in a little box of, you know, cute little blonde pixie girl. Yeah. But that would be a mis- that would be an error in judgment. Well, coming from the gene she comes from, there's no way she can be an, an average smart kid. And like I always knew that, but she was always the happy, smiley, bubbly, like just goofy, like you know, goofy kid. Yeah. Like, she's well, she, she's a little more carefree. She's not. Charlie's a lot more serious. He is. Yeah. He's a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's got. He reminds me of me in certain in a lot of ways. Right. He's absent-minded and sort of, <laughs> you know flighty and and stuff like that and, right you know I, I see those things and i get pissed off and i'm like oh yeah that's why because yeah. those are the things i deal with yeah. i gave you my shit yeah yeah <laughs> hey stop stop yeah. being exactly like i yeah. am i passed my shit right on to yeah, you exactly yeah exactly right genetics they're weird aren't they <laughs> right. it's crazy that way yeah but ever since no ruby she was just always fucking happy smiley jokey whatever but yeah, yeah i would i would never think that ruby wasn't either as smart or fucking just I think she hides it better. I think that's that's probably the way to I think she is it. she does play that down a bit. Yeah. But it's going on in there. Yeah. She she's just a little more sneaky about it. Yeah. yeah. So but well, I think that's 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 a lot, dude. So you're we we've kind of talked about where you came from, like things that impacted you. Anything else out there that you think you want to share with the world that impacted you or developed you to who you were today and you know you you and i share a common thing about how we take care of our mothers both financially and 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 uh and mentally and there's a whole another 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 aspect of our lives in that way that we don't talk about a lot but you know it's yeah. just something that we we've, we've signed up to do and and I, at times it's well most it's never fun but <laughs> it's necessary well i do i yeah i mean it's, it's I think there are certain people for whatever circumstance or whatever, and they are, they are required to look after a certain number of other people. Right. And, and I know you're one of those for yep. sure. And uh, I feel like I'm one of those in certain ways. Yeah, absolutely. As well. right. I, I think I'm going to have to take care of my mom here a little bit more here soon. I'm uh, concerned that she may be having dementia. Right. <clears throat> We're going to find something out about that in a couple of weeks. Um, and and it, it's, it's, you know, it's a heavy load. And, yeah. uh, and I respect you for what you have to do. And I appreciate Nobody you tells you it's those. coming. <laughs> no, it kind of sneaks up on you. And then, then one th- next thing you know, you realize there's five or six people depending almost exclusively on you for, for certain things. And you know what, whatever, you know, it's, you know, I have the, I have so much good fortune that it would be ridiculous for me to kind of all take that into myself and not spread it around. Cause well, like I said, I've had a, I've had a lot of, I'm in a great position. We're equipped to be able to deal with it. Right. Uh, most days. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we're, we're set up for, <laughs> yeah. I guess we, we still are human. And there's some days when we trade war stories about our, our, like our moms and mm-hmm. we ask how they're doing. And sometimes I know I want to put my head through a fucking piece of drywall when, after I hang up the phone with her or stuff like that. But yeah. it's like, what do you do? They're fucking, at a certain yeah. point, you just, yeah, just, just drive hey, on. Right. Whatever. And, and I think that's a common thing that you and I have always had in common. Drive on. Drive on. <laughs> yeah, like, well, you don't really have another choice. I no, mean, you can't really drop everything and go. No, um, you know, it's sometimes it's fun to fantasize about that. You can't quit. Can't quit. Mm-hmm. I get I, as a practical matter, I got two. I got two kids that are looking to me for, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens when they go to college. Right. You know, then maybe I can start quitting all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and and that stuff, I, I think, as as they grow and everything else, that's kind of how it works, right? You yeah. let them they, yeah. like they got to go cut their own path. Yeah, and hopefully that path, you know, make brings them to whatever happiness that they need to come to. But that's that we don't get to decide what that ends up being. 
It's true, but uh, you know, the second Ruby goes to college, Michelle and I, my wife may be hard to find. <laughs> you know, we might just be like, Airstream. oh, hey, yeah, yeah, that like that trip where we drop her off at college is actually a springboard to three months in Europe. Just, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Do you know where uh, Dad and Michelle are? I don't. No, yeah, they'll be calling you. No. Hey, have you seen uh, Dad and Michelle? No. Yeah, last I heard, they'll show up for Family Weekend. So yeah, you, uh, yeah. you still have another six weeks. Try them around that. Christmas. Right. They sent some pictures of penguins in Arctic. I don't know something. They're doing something weird. Yeah, because you guys definitely like to travel. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. So it's the other things you guys like Europe and you like the World War II era and, and everything that comes with that. So yeah, I'm kind of fascinated by that. It's kind of a hobby. I'd like to get a master's degree in history about World War II someday, but that's not it's not on the calendar right now. No, yeah, it sounds like you got enough going All on. Right, I yeah, more than enough. Really yeah, yeah. You don't. I don't think you need that. Maybe maybe that'll be in in ten years. It's not going anywhere. No, that history is pretty. It's pretty static at this point. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's there. There's yeah. no one to talk to anymore either. Yeah, so, no. Every, there's no big rush. <laughs> that, that beach is still going to be there. Yeah, I think so. I've seen it. It's pretty yeah. cool. Pretty, pretty cool. It looks nothing like it did, right? Uh, well, it's it's you know it's it's pretty jarring. I mean, you go there now and there's people sunbathing on it and stuff like that. But the you know the cemetery is up on the hill too. Right. I mean, it's it's a pretty moving experience. You know, that's guy. It's hard to it's hard to put yourself. Yeah, we're talking about Normandy for those. Nor- yeah, yeah, sorry, beach, beach, yeah. World War II. Sorry, yeah. buddy. Um, you know that's a that's a that's a rough one. You sit there and and you know I, I took a picture of of one of the crosses with with a guy's name on it, and uh, I kind of keep it in my phone that photo, and just every once in a while I just think about him. I don't know him, I just know his name, but he was a guy you know, trying to do his thing, and whenever I kind of get down or think about my life, and uh, you know. I'm going through something hard right. you know, in quotes. Uh, you know, I think about, you know, how lucky I am. Damn what those guys I don't there. live there now, you know, no. uh, you know I, I, I might've even been there. I might, I tried to get there in some way, right. you know, to fight if I had to, mm-hmm. but it didn't work out for me. Uh, but I need to at least respect all the people that have given up what they've given up so I can have what I have. I yeah, need I, to keep that in the forefront of my mind. I think everyone needs to keep that in the forefront of their mind. Yep. It's, it's easy to get wrapped up in your shit day to day. But man, we live in a pretty, pretty good age, by and large. We, you know, there's some rough things going on right now, and it's a bit divisive. But these things ebb and flow, because I'm hopeful we'll come out of it here soon. Yeah, it, it might take a little bit of time, but yeah, yeah. it's gonna take some healing. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's gonna take some, some, some mutual, um, mutual understanding that we're all in it together. Yep. And that's not. That's going to take our leaders to to show us that way too. Yeah, them, you versus us, or, the, or them versus they, or whatever. It's we're all we're all in this motherfucking rowboat together. It's true. To you know to be able to get through that stuff. But all right, well, if you had any advice, young geologist, young business person, uh, young Ragnarian, if that's that's a that's a term. That's a word. Yeah, yeah. We just made it up. Like, what what would you pass on to yourself, your your twenty year old version of yourself, now that you're eighty one. Uh, it's really, <laughs> Sorry, fifty one. It's really low. You know, I, I all I would say is that, that I guess I have a, a bit of advice that that uh, that a therapist gave me once. I, when I got divorced, I went and saw a therapist for a while because yep, I, I felt I needed to, you know, find out my culpability in all that had happened. And the thing that she told me that I really try to live by now is she said, "Put yourself in intimate situations, um, not sexually intimate." I'm but like, whoa, this thing, I'm like, this she's is like, going. She's like, go exactly. get intimate. Hey, that, your buddy Brandon, go. Like, maybe give him a snuggle. <laughs> like, like this is going snuggle. the exact opposite place I thought yeah. it was going. <laughs> but, uh, but, and it's funny because I was doing those Ragnars and I realized that that's what that was. She's like, go spend time with your friends 
you know, get away with them, find yourself in, you know, I, went, I took a raft trip shortly after I mm -hmm. got separated with some friends and, you know, I couldn't, my cell phone didn't work where we were. I was gone for about eight days and it was with people I really liked and that, that will accelerate healing. But I don't even think that's necessarily for healing. I think if you do that in your life, you know, we drove, I drove down here yesterday basically to see you right. to do this thing. Um, and, and the Ragnars are the same way. We all get out in the truck in the middle of the fucking night and run around like a bunch of like idiots, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the middle of nowhere and putting, yeah. you know, and basically no putting, our, putting our health and lives into, you're running yeah. on the side of the highway in yeah, the dark pay, in Hawaii it, and yeah. yeah, you're paying for that stupid shit. But the payoff is that I get spent time with those people and you and, and other people on our team. And my wife goes to these things and, and I feel a lot closer to everybody and a lot closer to actually what I'm supposed to be doing and I can lose track of all that. So my advice would be, you know, put yourself in intimate situations with people you care about, small groups of friends, hang out with them. And the rest of it gets a lot easier. That's and that you could take that lesson in business, your personal life or whatever, you know, find those people and stick with them. And I think if you do that, you're in good shape. Yeah. Anything else? That's all don't, I got, man. Don't so, go to Harvard. <laughs> I, I think Harvard's great. I think Harvard's great for some people. It just yeah. wasn't my it was not my thing. And I, there's people that that recall those days quite fondly and I and I'm happy for them. I really am. And they needed whatever was there, but I just it did not it did not fit with me. So I, I would I would counsel my children not to go there. Right. Um, they'd have to feel really strongly that they wanted to for me to be in support of that. If one of them came up to me and said, I know you had a tough time, but these are the reasons I really want to do it, I would support them. Right. But it's a different world. You know, just going across the country even, you know, I'd never really caught on with Boston. Um, it's a different place from Vegas. Right. Everywhere is a different place from Vegas. Vegas is its own little quirky, and that's maybe why I never left. What's your statement about Vegas? If you can't make it here, you can't make it anywhere. <laughs> Yeah. Is that your statement? What well, I think that's uh, well, that's it's not a statement that someone made about New York. We can make it there. We can make it anywhere. Oh yeah, no. Um, okay. Well, maybe it was more if 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 you can't fit in here, you can't fit in anywhere. It's it's the last resort for a lot of people, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, it's for me, it's it's one hundred percent the devil I know. Right. You know, for all the things you know, when when I'm driving down the street and there's billboards advertising, you know, sex shows. Right. Whatever my children see those, I know that because they turn around and talk to me about it. <laughs> They're like, really, you're growing up here? Yeah. Like, hey, I grew up here. I'm not a. I'm not necessarily not a sexual deviant. Up. Yeah. Um, but I understand how it works there, for better or for worse. And I've lived other places, and I like to live in other places. I may retire somewhere else. Right. But for for business and personal life, and I have friends there, I at least get it. It's yeah. fucked up, but it's fucked up in a way that I absolutely understand. I right. can see the danger. Where it is, if I go somewhere else, I'm learning from scratch. Yeah. Do I really want that? Not really. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, things I've heard today are community, big, big deal, right? Yeah. Working your ass off. Yeah. Finishing what you started. Yeah. Being supportive of those that you love, whether or not you understand it or not. Put, yeah. Putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. Yeah. Listening to people, helping them, train them, coach them. Taking care of, of of not only your family, you know, but your employees, and allowing your time, the headspace to solve whatever you need to solve. Yeah, I think I think sitting by yourself, and being alone, sometimes is absolutely necessary. And this is the make it this difference podcast, right? That's what we're supposed to be talking about. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and that's why, and that's why, like like a lot of those things. Yeah, you don't necessarily define, but but as I sit here and listen to you, like I've known you for a long time, I'm I'm proud to be, you know, one of your best friends. Like you know how how we met and what we went through and all that stuff is you know I, I wouldn't change anything for the world. So I mean to to, and you've heard me say it even on my own podcast. Like there are certain people in 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 my life that challenge me to be a better man, a better person, a better everything. You're one of those guys for me, um, and that's why I wanted you on here so people could could hear and listen and, and learn from, you know, from the type of man that, that you are. Cause not everybody fucking comes from where you came from, you know, not that you came from a hard place, but you chose to do some difficult things like, like a Pat Tillman. Like I'm not saying, you know, it's the same exact thing, but you didn't have to fucking join the, the military at 27. Like you didn't have to do the things that, that you have to do. You're, you continue to be a shining example uh, for me, as well as, as the world, to, you know, you're raising a uh, transgender ch- child now and like how you're handling that and how you and Michelle are both handling that and Carrie, like that's like that's something that's that's important shit and, and people need to learn and, and hear and understand that stuff. And if there's if there's not people like you out there in the world making it better, then we're in a fucking worse place. So I appreciate the man that you are, who who you become and whatever's next for you, you know, I'll be right there by your side. So. I appreciate that, buddy. Love you, you know, brother. I feel the same oh. way. You know it. But I think that's it for today, then. We're going to wrap this thing up. Again, uh, you can find uh, us on any podcast medium, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, um, anything else. Uh, again, I'm always going to encourage you guys to leave us feedback on uh, anywhere that you can. We prefer Apple Podcasts. Uh, we want to make this thing uh, better. We want to make it um as good as it possibly can. So again, thanks again for listening and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Kirk. Bye-bye.